Hello and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It is episode 85, day 144 here in the Zen Room. My name is Patrick Finn, and I'd like to welcome back the voluptuous Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches. And how are you, Tommy? Voluptuous. Voluptuous. Never in my life, you fuck. <laughs> That's like what you call those fat women that the old Italians painted. Well, it's the foo shits. <laughs> I saw myself as a sh- like in shadow once, cast on a wall, and I wasn't wearing a shirt, and I was wondering who the t- titless, fat, pregnant woman was. The pregnant woman with no tits. Why is she in my room again? And we have a guest tonight here at the show. We do indeed. Yes, I've been friends with this person for about 25 years yeah. now, I think. We got to know each other, I think, in the show uh, Born, Yesterday Born Yesterday at Airport Playhouse in Louisiana. Nobody Deborah does Casio. Born Yesterday. Yes, Deborah Cassio was right. in that too. So I'd like to welcome my good friend and buddy, Danielle LePage. Hey, y'all. LePage. 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 Danielle. Danielle LePage. That's right. Yeah. That's it. Oh, so Tommy, I see your play open this weekend. It did. Yes. What's the name of that play again? Caught in the Net. Caught in the Net. And this is the sequel. To Run for Your Wife. Yes. Which is the hilarious telling of a London cab driver committing bigamy and keeping two wives and through an ordinary act of life, act of daily life event, now he has to confront them finding out. And it's him and his friend and they're the wacky neighbors and the slamming doors and whatnot. And this one is the sequel. And now each of the wives has a child. Okay. Ooh. So then the children meet. Uh, it's 18 years later. The wives still don't know, but now they each have a kid. Right. And then the kids meet online and they want to make a romantic hookup. Well, they want to make a hookup and of course he can't have it at all. So yeah, and it's and you know hilarious and serious. Yes. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. And you know, slamming doors and really fast style. I love the slamming doors. Right. It's so much fun. It's, yes. it's, yeah, it's uh it's part of it. It's part of what a farce is. And it's awesome. at the Manus Studio Theater in Lindenhurst on yes, Wellwood Avenue, well correct? Avenue, yes. And when is it running till? It runs until the fourth. June fourth. June fourth. Well, we'll be there next weekend, yeah, actually. Not this weekend, be- but next weekend. Okay, yeah. This weekend is the Thursday, the second weekend, the Thursday. We do a Thursday evening performance the second weekend. Ah. Good to know. And then the weekend, and then the following weekend, and that's it. Very cool. It's very funny. Very funny. Yeah. People are, are it's ridiculous. It made David Dubin laugh out loud. Oh, wow. I swear to God, in rehearsal, it made David Dubin laugh out loud. I swear to God. <laughs> Mark that day on the calendar. Um, you know, he is, as, he is as composed and as dry. Stone face as you can get. Yeah, and, you know, that dignity. And this is this is very broad, very, you know, raunchy, some of it, humor. And he laughed out loud a couple of times. And he said, well, this is not my type of humor. And he laughed. Watching it more than once. It was not, you know, it's funny. It's yeah. just funny. It's just objectively funny. It's a farce. It is. <laughs> and it's, uh, they do a really, really good job with it. Scott Earl and Kevin um, Russo. Oh, good. They're awesome. Very cool. And how many people total in the cast? Seven. Seven. Okay. There's the two wives. Him. Uh, okay, so there's him, the two wives, the two kids. So that's five. That's and then his friend Stanley from upstairs, the who neighbor? was in the first one. Uh, you know, they become the team and it's the two of them and how it all gets fucked up and all of the, uh, the two of them together make a mess out of everything. It's great. Yeah. So yeah, it's great cast. They're having a lot of fun. It's fun. Cool. Oh, laughing, laughing, laughing. Looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Come laugh. Yeah, we saw another play this past weekend. We went to go see the mountaintop over at East line theater. Did you laugh? No, it wasn't that kind of, <laughs> actually, yes, we did. There are some humorous moments in the play. Okay. 
But it's a fictionalization, of course, of Martin Luther King's um, A Night After He Gives This Big Speech, and he has another one coming the next day. And it's about him and this hotel maid who comes to his... who comes to his room. And it's just the two of them talking. I don't want to say too much in case he goes see it, because th- I'm not sure if it's run. I think it's maybe running again, but it was re- the performances were excellent in it. The two actors who were in it were outstanding. Do you know their names? No, I do not off the top of my head. I don't have the program with me. But it was directed by Van Whitaker, who did a stellar job directing it. He okay. really did. Yeah, I was nice. really happy with that. Yeah, definitely. I love the subject, too. You know, it's just still relevant right? today. Yeah. So, uh, well, what's the play about it? Like, what, what's their conflict? It starts off where she's like, you know, speaking like of the, the voice of the common person. Okay. Well, and he's, and he's, view, he's viewed as the uppity Negro. Okay. Right. You know? So it's a class. So it's a bit of that going on. But then later on, the play takes a twist and turns into something else. Okay. And I don't want to say what that is, All of right. course. But, cool. but that's the main thing is that it's a, it's a class thing. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I would say is, is okay. a bit of a class thing going on there. Yeah, it really was. And then there's a whole twist, which took it in a different direction. But really a moving, outstanding show. Oh, you don't know who was in it. Oh, I wish I knew the names. I okay. don't have them with me. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. At the theater, right? Yeah. East Line Theater? East Line Theater. East Line Theater. This yeah. was at the, the Westbury Arts uh, Center over in Westbury, obviously. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good, good, good show. And late-breaking news, in case you didn't hear, America's second favorite fascist, Ron DeSantis, announced his <laughs> run for president. I, I was wondering what you were going to get to that. And he announced it on Twitter, live, and with Elon Musk, and it crashed. Twitter crashed. They had about half a million people watching it. The servers crashed. So then Musk had to switch it over to the app, and only about had... Got back half of the audience that they had originally. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, now, what a sterling start to that campaign. There's a lot of schadenfreude in that. Yeah. Good for both of them, I'd say. Yeah, yeah well, eventually they're going to bumble. Of course. You know, they're going to trip themselves up. Well, yeah. especially Musk. I just think he's a just a bubbling idiot. I really do. What scares me is if Trump could win, then DeSantis, it scares me that he actually might have a chance. Well, isn't he like Trump with a brain? Yeah. Yeah, basically, Pretty yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Basically. You know, and the state of Florida right now is just a nightmare. Uh, yeah, oh, please don't get me started. <laughs> we have yeah, a story have a about them later. <laughs> to me, Trump is all about Trump. Oh, of course. Whatever, yeah. and, and he'll get there whatever means necessary. It just so happens that in his... But he's fooled he, the people into thinking that he's all for them. Right? Yes, the very people because that the think... the way he talks. The very people, yes, that feel like he speaks for them are the people exactly. that he mocks and steps on to get, or doesn't give a shit enough about to really know what they're talking about or what they need or what they want. Yeah. It's the great irony of the current political stage. Yes, it certainly is. Now it comes this guy. Now it younger, comes, yeah. Better looking. Governor Puddingfingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting shit done. Yeah, not great shit. That's for damn sure. No, but, Glenn, I don't but that's live in how that the state. people that would support him would say he's getting things done and whatnot. But uh, but he is. He's evolution. turning Florida. He's turning Florida into what? What even a is fascist what? state? Yeah, that's what he's mean, turning it into. I mean, who attacks Disneyland? Your biggest taxpayer in, in the state. Your biggest employer in the state, and you're gonna attack them, fool. 
for the sake of being anti-woke. Yeah, all to pursue a social political agenda. It's all about woke to him. So yeah. So it is obviously all a social thing. Yeah. And that's what that's what his whole campaign is basically going to be yeah. based on, running on the social agenda. Yeah. Anti-gay, anti-trans, anti-immigrant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. anti... You name it, they'll be against it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Good luck with that campaign there, Ron. So I guess it's now time that we move on to our first segment. Mm. Yes, it's time for a little heavy petting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and tonight's our first story, kind of a sad one, but justice was served in the case. That's why I'm bringing it up. This happened down in Arkansas. Last year, on the night of March 27th, Charles and Leslie Fontenot, or Fontenot, came home that night and found their black and white border collie laying dead on the front porch with an arrow in it. Okay, where was this? This was in March of last year. And this was in Arkansas. In Arkansas. Which is different from Kansas. Very different from Kansas. Mm-hmm. Although it says Kansas and it's Arkansas. Yes. Because <laughs> it's really Arkansas. Arkansas. But let's not even get into that. So it turns out the, the dog was killed by a neighbor. The next door neighbor. Okay. Oh, no. Because somehow the dog, I guess, either got out of the house or got out of the yard and wandered over onto the property of the neighbor. And the neighbor said that the dog was standing its ground and looking at him. So first, he shot the dog with an air gun. And then he got his crossbow and shot it with a crossbow. And he said he shot it because it refused to retreat, despite it not posing a threat to his family or this guy's own dogs. Guy needs to go to jail. Well, this guy, it turned out, he was arrested for aggravated cruelty and was also charged with violation of a no-contact order and habitual offense after being convicted of two other early offenses, felony offenses prior to this. So this is oh, that, the- that that neighbor yep. getting the comeuppance. Yeah, he yeah. was sentenced to right. eight years in wow. prison. Jesus Christ. All right. Who okay. in their right mind Shoots an arrow at would think of getting... A crossbow to shoot at a dog that's not doing anything except standing on your property. Who does that? Some people. What's have his name? From no what's his place? His name is his name is Charles Ferris, the guy who did this. Ferris, Charles Ferris. Charles Ferris. I think he's a very <laughs> angry person. Jesus, I'd say so. You, Unbelievable. Is all, is all like that sort of psychotic? Do you go to anger, or it's that's. To me, anger is an emotion that you have to feel to get to that, that stage. To get to that I stage. I don't think there's that kind of emotion happening. There's no emotion. I think in it's. I think it's just to serve it. Self-serving. Maybe? No, no. I, I lost it. I lost. She agreed with me, and I lost it because it's not. <laughs> oh, How dare you agree with him, Danielle? Yeah. It's an unfamiliar expression. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> uh, that's not usually the face I look at. So. <laughs> What, where were we? What were we talking about? The guy shooting the dog oh, the with the bow with the arrow. Yeah, that's just a psychotic. Is that because of anger or is that just because he's fucking psychotic? That was my point. Yeah. Does all psychosis have to be based in anger? Maybe does it have to be based in anger? Because I'm not looking for... But is it all based in anger? Or is some kind of psychosis just like, I don't know, a chemical brain thing or some sort of thing? I don't know. I mean, the uh, most aggressive thing... That has nothing to do with emotion. The most aggressive thing that I have ever heard of a person doing to get a dog out of the yard was to turn on the hose and spray the hose at the dog. That's about the most aggressive thing I've ever heard until this. some horrible, horrible things when their neighbor's pets have come into their yard. They throw rocks. They try to poison them. They poison them. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
It's just inhumane. Just unbelievable. So um, yeah, people do that. And self-serving. You know, I don't want this on my property. It's not good for me. No, but that was all good. Oh, look, a chance to shoot. I, I bet I can shoot that thing. I bet I can shoot that thing with my crossbow. Where this guy goes to jail and they find out what he went to jail oh, for. I mean, it after is, they laugh at him, they're going to beat the crap out oh, of definitely. him. Because there are dog lovers in jail, too. Absolutely. Eight years for killing a dog. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, to me, this is a type of person that you need to find an excuse to lock up. Yeah. yeah. You got to get them off the street. You got to get them. You're right. Because animals right. And is a the pattern first of behavior. Thing. Right. And a type of person, this, this is a, clearly a psycho. I was questioning the source of the psychosis, but I, I guess I. Doesn't really matter. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter. The sad part is, like, in some people, I don't think it's even you can blame it on psychosis. They're just mean spirited. There's nothing anybody can do. I know, but this is to a dog. It's just a, this <laughs> just boggles my mind. You know, really does. I know. But anyway, let's move on to our dictionary of dogs, our oh. compendium of canines, Yay. and we are up to the letter C this week. C. Mm. Okay, so we're Carne supposed to guess corso. the breed. Yeah, corn, uh, corn, 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 corso. corso. Cane corso. Right, corn. Cane corso. Yes, corso. I'm going with corso. Um, <laughs> this one should be corso. a bit. This one should be a bit more obvious. Hello, Abigail. Cockapoo. No, that's not a cockapoo. That's a <laughs> that's a, a Bernie's Mountain. No, it's a. Um, <laughs> it, Toto was. What kind uh, of dog a, is, uh, is Abigail? Give me a fucking second, okay? Shut up. I know. What, what is it? What is it? Like Say it. Cornish Terrier? No. no. I can't believe you don't know what kind of a dog Abigail I, is. I, I, after I all this time. She's right in Tommy's face. The pressure. She's insulted uh, too. Right? She uh, is. A can. She is offended. It's a Cairn Terrier. A Cairn yeah, Terrier. Yes. Oh, thank you. Terrier. My God. Oh, okay. See, now she's happy. She's getting down. <laughs> People have me scared there a second. I just need a second. Really? You got to make this hoopla about a buzzer going off no place that uh, I don't know I, jumps out of my head anyway can terriers originated in the Scottish islands and the island of Skye in northwest Scotland they were initially grouped with these other terriers and they were all called Skye terriers but then eventually they were separated and this became known as the cairn terrier named after the rock piles of rocks that they would go hunting through they were bred to go hunting for foxes and other small furry woodland creatures that would hide in between the rocks yep. so to speak okay. and then those piles of rocks were called cairns okay ah and it's c-a-i-r-n yep and they come about they're about nine to 13 inches tall, weighing about 10 to 16 pounds. It has a, a shaggy outer coat and a soft downy undercoat. And they're so cute. Yes, the coat color can be cream, deep red, brindle, light gray, like Abigail, apricot, or black. Show brindle. me a, 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 a different color one. Oh, you want to see pictures of other ones? I think I can. I want to see in different that. colors. Yeah, okay. me too. I want to see a brindle. And I wonder if a, one litter can be different kinds, like different colors, like um, labs. Well, I can have. If you get kinds. down to naming a breed of dog over a pile of rock, then somewhere along the line, you know where it started. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yes. I there's mean, a different you know color. what went into this. There's a different color can oh, here. Oh, look. Oh, that's, that's yes, that's very cute. Right? The apricots. Oh, that looks like Abigail. What's the white one look yeah, like? Yeah, they got a little yeah. bit oh, of the Scottish like Abigail. Yeah, terrier yeah, yeah. in them. I can see that. Okay. So it's the rock terrier because they find shit in between the rocks. Yep. That's very cool. I've well, seen... What are they looking for? Food? What, what are they looking they are, for? They were bred to go hunt foxes and other small oh, hunt, furry okay. creatures. Okay. So they're looking for meat. And they're highly social humans, but they're also very independent, which I can personally testify to. <laughs> 
She is very independent-minded, aren't you? Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she, she's done with you. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> she's sitting there looking pretty. Yes, you are. She's a good girl. <laughs> you know she thinks you're an asshole right now. Of course she does. Both of you. She's like, just leave me alone. Okay, what do you want? <laughs> I would expect nothing less. Well, we now move on to our next segment. Happy birthday. Oh. Many happy returns. A very happy birthday. Yes, it's time for today's birthdays. Dead people what, what? from history. And believe it or not, they're both alive. Sweet. Okay. Both of them. And they're both big ones, too. The first one was born today, May 24th, 1941. He'd be 82 years old today. He was born with the name Robert Allen Zimmerman in Minnesota. He attended the University of Minnesota, where he began to focus on folk music. Oh, Do you know who I'm talking I about, Danielle? Who Mr. am I talking about? Bob Dylan. Mr. Bob Dylan is correct. Oh, yeah. He died? No, he's alive. Today's his birthday. He's 82 years old today. Damn. But in 1960, he moved to New York City, began playing in clubs in Greenwich Village. He released his first album in 1962, but it was a 1963 album that really put him on the map, included the songs A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall and Blowing in the Wind. Blowing in the Wind. His next, his next album in 1964 uh, was The Times They Are Changing, was more political. The year I was born. This is Bob Dylan. Yep. In nineteen today. What's that? It's his birthday today. Yes, it is. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Yep. 82 okay, years that old Bob today. Dylan. Yes, He's the 82. Bob Dylan. Okay. In 1965, he had a lot of controversy because he released his first album with electric instruments, and then he appeared at the Newport Jazz Festival playing the electric guitar, and he was booed by members of the audience. Could you imagine? I can't imagine that. In 1966, he suffered a motorcycle accident up in Woodstock, and although not badly injured, he stopped making public appearances for like eight years. That's like, you know, there was a time when like forks were a sin, because God gave you the hand. And you didn't need the fork, so the fork was the, the using the fork was the same. And to me, that's sort of the level that these people are putting him playing an electric guitar at. Well, don't forget, he was like the folk musician of his time. He's the one, really, more than anyone, put folk music on the mainstream music. Man. Okay, so right. my so then all of a sudden he's turning around and getting out the guitar. Music. Yep. Is is the? I mean, as a kid, he actually start. He when he started a band as a teenager. They were playing rock bands, but it was not until he got went into college and he started getting more into folk music. If you take the guitar out of folk music, do you still have folk music? Yeah, you still have the singing, of course, and there are other is, there are is other instruments. folk singing is folk music based around the guitar, the acoustic guitar. So, I would say so voice much, and yeah, voice and guitar. Is primarily. it the songs? Is it the writing? Is it the production? What is it that makes that is written? Yeah. by using and I, to me, it's like oh, the new technology. Well, it takes you out of that mellow state of mind. Electric guitar wants like wants to pick you up, you know, and folk music wants to let you chill. So I think the people were going, no, I don't want to be lifted up. And I think also with the folk music, I think there's more of a focus on the lyrics because of the basic instrumentation to it as well. Okay. I mean, Woody, Woody Guthrie was like probably the, the father of American folk music in the 20th century, and, you he know... He never touched an electric guitar. No, not that, I, not that I'm aware of, anyway. Uh, maybe, never, I mean, his, his thing was, the, him and... Did he play the guitar? Yes. Woody Guthrie? Woody Guthrie, yeah. He played guitar. Mm -hmm. That's who we're Absolutely. talking about. Yeah, well, well, 
We're going back to Bob Dylan now. But his other later hit songs included Subterranean Homesick Blues, Maggie's Farm, Mr. Tambourine Man, Rainy Day Women, numbers 12 and 35, Lay Lady Lay, Knocking on Heaven's Door, Tangled Up in Blue, and I think you'll know this song. Like a Rolling Stone? Oh my god, that song is... I'm not a, I, I'm not a Bob Dylan fan. This song like changed radio formats because it was about six minutes long. Okay. And radio back then, your songs were two and a half, three right, minutes right, long. Right, right, that right. was it. This helped start changing the formats and playing longer songs. And this is like one of his, the songs that he is known for. What's, what's, what song is it? Like a Rolling Stone. Like a Rolling Stone. Yep. It's just smart. You know, it's intelligent. Yeah. It's, yeah. He's a brilliant lyricist. And that's what's good about folk music. It's just really smart. That seemed like there was a lot of production in that. Maybe it was the organ. No, you had the organ, you had the drums, you had the tambourine. It just made it sound so harmonica. But anyway, he's released 39 albums, the last in 2020. He won the 2016 Nobel Prize in Literature, the first musician to win the Literature Prize. Wow. He has also received 10 Grammy Awards. He won an Academy Award for Best Original Song for a song called Things Have Changed from the film The Wonder Boys with um, Michael Douglas, Robert Downey yep. Jr. Good Somebody's got to cover this shit because yeah. I, it's the voice. It's his voice. It's Dylan's voice that keeps me from listening to Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> So I never know, I don't know what his song, you know, you hear about how smart he is, and clearly he's got credentials that back that shit up, but I, as soon as I hear, I, no, I can't. I certainly couldn't listen to a whole album. That would kind of make me a little crazy, <laughs> but, you know, a few songs sprinkled here and there. Like Abba. Very nice. Abba, you could pepper in yeah. a whole musical, yeah, a little much. In, but... Yeah. But anyway, Dylan has been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame, and the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Uh, five of his albums and three of his songs are in the Grammy Hall of Fame. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inducted Dylan in 1988 and listed five songs of his as, as among the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Got talent. Right? 
Wow. He's recognized as one of the most influential figures of the 20th century and one of the world's greatest songwriters. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, I can't that's listen great. to it. That's quite. <laughs> I can't listen to quite it. Quite a few achievements. Other people have to sing it because I can't. That, you well, know. that particular song though, it's it's his voice. Yeah, his voice makes song. that song. Yeah. yeah, no one else can do that song like the he other does. stuff. Definitely, but that one. Yep. So we now move on to our next birthday celebrant. She was born May 24th, 1944. Her name was Patricia Louise Holt. She was born in Philadelphia. She started singing in the church choir and formed her first singing group at the age of 16, which eventually became known as the Bluebells. They later changed their name to this woman's last name in the 1970s. And their first big hit was in 1974. Let's see if you recognize it. Have you figured out who she is yet? Should I tell you some more about her? No, it's not going to help. Okay, well, the group split in 1976, and she started her solo career. It's not Patti LaBelle, is it? Uh, yes, it is. Patti LaBelle. Very good. She released her first solo album in 1977, which included her hit song, You Are My Friend. She reached mainstream success with her 1984 album, I'm In Love Again, which included the hit songs, If Only You Knew, Love Need and Want You, and this song. What? No, ginger ale. Gin. Gin and ginger rice. Yeah. Patty! That's an old one. Don't know yet? We'll see if it hits the chorus soon. Yeah, Tommy knows his song. I said you had to know that song. What is that commercial that that goes to? You should stop talking. <laughs> commercial. See, that's where no, I will. While you were out listening to I Dylan, that's what, what I was I doing. Say. <laughs> that's the thing. Anyway, she has released 19 <laughs> albums, the last in 2017. She has received two Grammy Awards, and her song Lady Marmalade was inducted mm. into the Grammy Awards Hall of Fame. She has also appeared in film and TV, including the movie A Soldier's Story and the TV shows A Different World and American Horror, American Horror Story Freak Show. I love Patti LaBelle. I love Misa Patti LaBelle. Respect. Well, she's been described as the greatest gay icon of she's, all time. She's an icon. And a prime sure. example of the intersection of the LGBT community and, and black female is, yeah. artists. Okay. Beautiful. The New York Times called her among the three of America's most beloved divas. 
The other two being Dolly Parton and Barbara Streisand. Yeah. <laughs> Both of whom... Dolly and Barbara. Do, you know, Barbara got me through being an adolescent. Thank you very much. And uh, Dolly, I come to Dolly late, but completely. I Love still can't... Dolly. There's another one. I can't Respect listen to her, her sing. Yeah, he I can't listen to her listen music. To her, I wow. can't. The twang, it, it makes me tense. I could get that. I could understand where you're coming from. With her that. songwriting, just... the, her and what she's done, her, what she, the kind of person she presents herself as, and the, the sense of humor she has. That's about what her. I think for me. It's she, the example she she's, made and the strength she showed. I, I said I'll follow her through hell on my knees. Yeah. I but I can't go, go make Dollywood. me listen I mean, to an album. Let's go to Dollywood and support, you no, know? No, because they play the music there. Well, they shows and stuff. I'm on noise, their mailing list. Noise canceling, noise canceling things. Well, anyway, to Patti LaBelle and Bob Dylan, we say... Right? <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I back exactly where it would be. You were the Dylan fan, mm-hmm. and I was the Patty yeah, LaBelle the, the fan. Bell fan. Right. <laughs> and uh, so we both a little satisfied. Right in the world Good. is as See? it should be. Glad, <laughs> I got to, glad I got to please both of you. <laughs> with well, you didn't have anything to do with it. First of all, it happened 80 years ago. Both of well, them. I could have chosen other birthdays. There really? were other people's birthdays today. Really? So yes. Every time you say that, you have to come up with one. Why? Who was it? Because you know I'm going to ask, like, what? Well, because like if I who? start bringing up all the other birthdays, we'll be here for two hours no, doing birthdays. No, you're so confident. Off the top of my head, I can't tell you one right now. Mm-hmm. So there. Right, I'm stepping back. I'm getting out of the crossfire. <laughs> Actually, I can tell you who else's birthday it is today. Her name is Elsa Maxwell. Elsa Maxwell. And I'm going to tell you about her more some later. Okay. But right now, we're going to go into our next segment. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. You're going to make me cry. Yes, time for Bring Out Your Dead. Tina Turner. This was a big yeah, one. Happened right. today. A very sad heart. one. Anime Bullock, born November 26, 1939 in Tennessee. Anime. Referred to now as the queen of rock and roll, she rose to prominence as the lead singer of the Ike and Tina Turner Review. Their first hit was 1960's A Fool in Love. They released hits such as It's Gonna Work Out Fine, River Deep, Mountain High, and this song. That's it, like you listen to it with a fist. Yeah, right? You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? There's a certain amount of... Oh, you can't not tap your foot at least. That's so iconic. That's got to be later, though. Like, like that wasn't her originally, because it was. She sounded no. That's the original. The original, yeah. really? Yeah. It's just like uh, the power there is just the voice is amazing. There's nobody like it. Oh God, no. Yeah, God, no. Fabulous. That's the word. And fabulous. I gotta play this song because it's my favorite. <laughs> Biggest hits. It's what made her Tina Turner a solo act. Yeah. 1984. It says she has to 
to, to she hates the song and she has that was to in 19 it like she loves she, it. she didn't like that was song. in 1984 the album was called private dancer it was a multi-platinum yeah. album. Yes, it was. And What's Love Got to Do? It won the Grammy Award for Record of the Year and became her first and only number one song on the Billboard Hot 100. It was so she, iconic. She it, was the oldest female solo artist to top the Hot 100. And absolutely beautiful the whole way. That, and that, like, that whole aesthetic became a thing. Like, it was... Oh, God. Yeah. She also appeared in two films, iconically, in Tommy in 1975. Oh. She played the acid, the acid queen. Right. One of the best parts of the movie, because it was a pretty crappy movie, I thought. <laughs> and then later on, Mad Max Beyond yeah. Thunderdome, right. 1985. Yeah. I love her in that. She, uh, she was just fantastic. And then uh, 1993, a biographical film based on her autobiography was released called What's Love Got to Do With It? Angela Bassett? Yep, Angela Bassett played uh. her. That's that another is just that, amazing. Isn't that what put Angela Bassett on the map? I think so, yeah. 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 I think so. And she's been kicking ass ever since. Oh, well, she has. Uh, she's ferocious. <laughs> right? yeah. she is, oh. I won't watch anything. Me too, yeah. But Turner has won eight Grammy Awards, plus she was given three Grammy Hall of Fame Awards, and a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. She was the first black artist and the first woman to be on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. Wow. wow. Right? At the same time? Yeah. No, because she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Twice. Two times. Twice. Two in nineteen ninety one with the I Can Turner I Can oh, Tina Turner review. Okay. And then in twenty twenty one as a solo artist. And she was a uh, recipient of the Kennedy Center Honors in 2005. She released nine albums between 1974 and 1999, and 24 albums in the Ike and Tina Turner Review. Wow. Unbelievable. She died at the age of 83 after a long illness. She survived by her husband, Erwin Bach, and she has four children from her various relationships. He gave her a kidney. Really? Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Wow, that's, that's incredible. Did not know that. That's a bond. And here's something for you collectors to know. In 2022, Mattel released a Barbie doll in Turner's likeness to commemorate her single, What's Love Got to Do With It? Could you imagine? So, if you were Barbie lucky enough you? to got that, man, hold wow. on to that. That's big. A, yeah, Tina Turner Barbie doll they made. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, just an outstanding career. Really, one of the... Yeah. Massive respect. Yeah, just you know, what more can you say? Yeah, that an inspiration said, you for know? young women. Oh my know. God, she's such an inspiration for black women. Right. So much so, yeah. you know. Yeah, the power there. Absolutely. It's the strength. The, it's strength. The lack of not shame, but there's a, there's an apathy to other people's opinions in that sort of the, in the image that she wrote. Her in that dress, walking on the sidewalk, but next to the fence. It's, it's that image is in. Indelibly, indelibly, indelibly etched. No doubt. And yes. those legs, You're just, the legs the forever. Legs, the legs oh. forever. <laughs> and every costume thereafter. Yeah. Made yeah. good use of it. And right? how many times has it been mimicked and yeah. You know, yeah. stuff? I mean, it's just such a great song to, you know, um, do I love, on I, I love the idea that it. she didn't like it. Yeah. It's <laughs> perfect to sing drunk. Here's one song <laughs> of hers. This, is, this song is one of my favorites by her. Yeah. Let me say the same Since we've been together Ooh, loving you forever Is all, all I, I need. need Here it is 
That's my jam. That's your jam. That's my jam. It's a good jam to oh. have. Yeah. So yeah. Tina Turner, rest in yeah, peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for the decades of great music. It's, and it wasn't that true long. star. Because she went from, she, like, the Ike Turner years ended, and then she was sort of, like, what, playing, like, small nightclubs and maybe a casino or two. She didn't hit it big again until 84. That song. Until the that Private Dancer album came yeah. out, you know? Right. That was it for her. But and until then, she was... That's, what, 40 years ago? Yeah. What I'm saying is you got, to, you, got yeah. you know... I know, because you've only got 40 years ago. I'm guessing. I didn't do the math. Well, it's 20 years back. No, could it be 50 years ago? No, it can't be 50 years ago. Because it could be 40 years ago. Well, 83 is 40 years ago. 83 is 40 years ago. Did you do that math? I actually was figuring that out for another reason. Okay. All right, all right, yeah. <laughs> Beach turned 40 this year, so and it was born in it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that counts as math. <laughs> that calculation in my head. <laughs> We're going to move on to our next segment now. It's time for Today in History. Oh, You're going to ask or do you want me to? What? What did that sound like to you? Clock. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. He calls it Patsy and the they're, Coconuts. They're, because, and Kristen, Kristen heard it too. Yes, oh, Kristen really? Danko was here last week. Okay. And... I think John Steele mentioned it. Once, yes. Or maybe even first, that it sounded like Money Python, Money Holy Python Grail. and the Holy Grail as Patsy as walked, dro- oh, making no. the coconut sounds along no, with King again. Arthur. Can you do that again? Because I want to hear it. Just picture that. It, it'll, it'll land in your head immediately. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's, I want it like yeah, to, to go to sleep. <laughs> Patsy, Patsy and the Coconuts. Brave Sir Robin, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, so good. Are you going to play for her? Play what? She wants to hear the sound effect again. I have to play it again? Then? Yes, you well, have no, to. You oh, have my to God. It. Don't do you it. You have to move the mouse. How much uh, the calories you're going to burn by that click. I got to say, maybe maybe we should rethink asking him to go back and replay that because it's so much. So, <laughs> okay, okay, I got it. Patsy and the Coconuts. Ah. Uh. Well, that's the face. That's fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. The, the room is calm again. <laughs> anyway, today in history, May 24th, 1883. Okay. 140 years ago, this bridge opens. I'm going to go with Brooklyn. You are correct then. The Brooklyn Bridge opened well today done, in 1883, Tom. 140 years ago. Yeah. Wow. At the time, it was the longest suspension bridge in the world. It hasn't been updated since. At a span (laughs) of 1,595.5 feet. It's been designated a National Historic Landmark, a New York City Landmark, and a National Historic Civil Engineering Landmark. 
and it's really cool to look at. It's cool as shit. It's great. It's iconic. It's, a, it's, it's a, an iconic image. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really cool. It's took a long cool. construction began on it in 1869. The guy who was wow. hired to do it died. Well, the guy who the architect was named was John Augustus Roebling. Okay, so wait, who died and their wife? Their wife took like sort of took silent control like what's the president who did that that was uh, Coolidge not Coolidge no, uh, not Wilson. Coolidge. Wilson that was Wilson right so you got Edith Wilson now yeah. who can see from their apartment or see from wherever she's staying right. what's happening on the site okay and she's giving orders about uh, that. I don't know if that's him or not I have no idea I don't know either. but anyway it has daily traffic of approximately 122,000 vehicles per day that's a lot of cars so how Happy birthday to the Brooklyn Bridge! You gotta say GWB is taking more, no? Oh, boy. oh that does. Oh, well, yeah. it's two levels. And it's massive. Oh, yeah. No, the Brooklyn Bridge is cool as shit. No, definitely. Have, I, you, ever I, walked, the, have you ever walked across it? I haven't walked across it. Oh, no. we have. Oh, really? We I did. We were going to a show down the Dumbo District in Brooklyn. Okay. So we took the subway all the way down from Penn Station, went all the way down to Lower Manhattan, and we walked over to it and walked across. It was great. Isn't there it's like beautiful. The it's gotta be intense. It's a beautiful looking. Oh, my God. They have like the oldest bar in New York City that's right at the base of the Brooklyn Bridge? I don't know, really. Oh, which side? I'm not sure. Because the, the oldest now. bar in Brooklyn or the oldest bar in Manhattan is, is still pretty cool. It's not sore. Right? Okay, we ready for the I'm oldest? Ready. Tell okay. me. Yes. Located in a building erected in 1794, the Bridge Cafe is New York City's oldest drinking establishment and was a bar almost a century before the Brooklyn Bridge was built. Wow. Which towers above it. The saloon has a speedy pa- a seedy past of gambling, pirates, prostitution, and was a speakeasy during Prohibition. My kind of place. There's now, where is it, now, where is it located? It's In Manhattan or Brooklyn? That is Brooklyn. That is Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of crime activity is more down home and... Yeah. Homesteady, then for Brooklyn, it makes more sense. And today, May 24th, 1966, this Broadway show opened. Let's see if you can figure out which one it is. <laughs> huh? Light the candle. It's me. It is Maine. Maine is it's today. Don't talk to him like that. No, I'm not talking to him like that. I'm talking to him like that. I'm looking at you. You're not talking about a prop to me right now. (laughs) Something to look at. Oh my God. (laughs) That works for me, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I don't expect anyone to know that. I love that show. I love Maine, that show. yes. Open today on Broadway. <laughs> Book by Jerome Lawrence and Robert Edwin Lee. Music and lyrics by Jerry Herman. Directed by Gene Sachs. It was based on the 1955 novel Anti-Maine by Patrick Dennis, who turned out to be gay, by the way. Big surprise. <laughs> Anti-Maine. Yeah. It also starred at the same time B. Arthur, who played Vera ah. Charles, and they both won Tony Awards for their performances. Iconic. Big talent. The show ran for f- over 1,500 performances and closed in 1970. That's pretty good. Four-year run. Amazing. Back then, yeah. Right? Well, yeah, so. I Happy love anniversary to Maine. Was, the first show I ever directed and choreographed was Maine. Really? Wow. In 1990, mind your fucking business. <laughs> 
I'm not asking. And just whatever you do, do not do not watch that horror oh, movie, movie with Lucille Ball. Oh, but really? now you kind of have to because it's one that. of those things that you have to say you've done. It's awful. She had no business doing this part. She can't sing. It's sort of how theater kids are mean to each other. They make them when the kid that they don't like, they make watch me. It's like a punishment. It's awful. I don't know what she was thinking. Maybe she thought she was going to be Rex Harrison and talk, sing her way through it. But yeah, she's awful. It. it was awful. It was. It was yeah. embarrassing. And it was. Glorious. And B Arthur was in that with her too. God, I feel bad for B. <laughs> no, B B uh, B did pretty well. Yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't said to be easy. And uh, random easy facts about B Arthur. Yeah, just no, not even to work with. Like an easy person. Okay. Um, and she she walked around the set barefoot all the time, which I just I to me anybody bare I I have a thing with barefoot. <laughs> okay. And nowadays, it's, I don't know, they didn't think about it like that back then, but now it's right disgusting. Yeah, I I have what to say about sandals and sandals and flip flops and whatever your fucking clothes cover your fucking feet. <laughs> I don't want to look at it, especially if it's ugly. Some people have foot fetishes. I know that, and I, and that's fine. Whatever, yep, it's not affecting us. That's so okay with me. Cool. I just don't want to see your disgusting <laughs> appendage painted, I don't know. Will you pick up and run with something else? I was about to, but you keep going off on this train here. We have one more anniversary to talk about today. It's a one-year anniversary. Because one year oh. ago today in the town of Uvalde, Texas, 18-year-old Salvador Ramos, after wounding his grandmother at their home, drove to the Robb Elementary School where he was a former student, got in through a um, unlocked side entrance door, and then with an AR-15 style rifle, he then fatally shot 19 students Students and two teachers, and injuring seventeen more after that. It's heartbreaking. It's all. It's it's. What was really even more heartbreaking about this is that he was in the school for more than an hour before the Border Patrol police went in and, and shot him. Because during that whole hour time, the local police were there in the hallway outside the classroom that he was in and did nothing. Did absolutely nothing. This shooting was the third deadliest school shooting in the U.S. after the Virginia Tech shooting in 2007 and the Sandy Hook shooting in 2012. See, Sandy Hook was the line for me. That was yeah, that was that was to me the line. And well, for me, and, it was Columbine. Well, Columbine yeah, Columbine was the because I watched that whole thing after Columbine, and I'm not religious. And after Columbine, I actually went and just. Columbine, I, I was home that day, and I just watched the whole thing. Oh, I remember, day. I remember watching Columbine too. It's unbelievable, so devastating. But that that Sandy Hook thing to me is, we crossed the line with our response as a people. Yes. To that day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I agree. there's no turning back now. No. And, and it's happened. This is this is almost identical. It's almost the same fucking crime. Yeah. Well, since Uvalde a year ago, I tried to compile the statistics myself. Since then, up to the current time, there have been 632 more mass shootings. In the United States? Yep. And 811 dead people. In a year. And that's in a year's time now, since Uvalde. Now, and this Uvalde. is when school districts are considering getting armed guards. And Half Hollow Hills District is going for, to vote to have armed guards sit in a car on school property now. That's where it's gotten to. I don't think armed guards are going to... Or the answer. It might be their no, answer. I don't Not think it's a solution. Situations. It's it might work sometimes. I don't think it's the You gotta get rid of the guns. You gotta get 
You got to get rid of the yeah. guns. You got to get rid of the guns. If you want to do anything about it, you got to get rid of the guns. Well, tonight on Embassy, uh, we were watching the news, and this one pundit said what I've been saying, get rid of the Second Amendment. Repeal the Second Amendment. Because yeah. that's the only way we're going to be able to get rid of these guns. Whatever it takes. An act of Congress, an act of uh, presidential whatever, whatever you got, uh, unless you're willing to get rid of the guns. You're not willing to fix this problem. And we're not saying we're not saying get rid of all guns. We're not yeah, saying that. I yes, I personally But am. I think I'm not, I think I, all I think each of these states should have the individual power nope. to regulate these guns as they wish well, at this the point. Thing nope. is they need more money and but these military style weapons have to be banned. Well, they have these have gun shows. They have these gun shows where people can still buy stuff. Yeah. And I literally, like 20 years ago, I was at a gun show and I saw somebody buy a semi-automatic rifle. And it's just, it blew my mind. There was no check on this person. And so, and Second Amendment, quite honestly, I think that people should have a right to defend themselves. So I'm going to say that I'm kind of okay with that. But you have to get to the root, which is... How are these fucking guns coming in? Who's getting them? You know, you have to figure that shit out. We're producing it. We're making it ourselves. It's, we're making it ourselves, and then we, the they're roots. making it to sell it to us, and then they're making it to sell it to We are the most armed country yeah. in the world. It's obscene. It's it obscene, obscene, and it's or, ridiculous. Yeah, maybe you look at it's another country. It's yeah. dangerous, and it's now just a battle of you can't make me. That's what this is. Yeah. And, and to me, okay, when I interpret the Second Amendment, okay, I'm going to skip over well-regulated militia. Right. Okay? And I'm going to say that it was specifically talking about uh, the people, the right to bear arms, the people of Virginia, the people of West who Virginia, the, the pe who were defending themselves against the tyranny of the government. Understood. Okay? So that they, they had the right, Virginia... Massachusetts, New whoever was there, everybody had the right to defend themselves, to keep a, 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 a well-regulated, a trained militia, uh, you know, prepared. They, they're entitled to do that. Well, again, that's another example of the Constitution written in a time where things have completely changed. You know, I mean, reword it to where it's well, relevant now. You know, the, you the problem is, is that the Supreme Court under this under the Second Amendment have found now an individual right to own a gun, and now they're saying the only way you can pass a gun regulation is if a similar law existed back in either 1787 <sighs> when the Constitution and Bill of Rights were passed. Or in 1869, when the 14th Amendment was passed. See, now, this is the, this is the ambiguity. That's the thinking in this. Ridiculous. You can twist those words to mean anything you want. You can twist people to mean person. And people doesn't mean person. And we're talking about people who are uh, have their a hair up their ass about fucking pronouns. Okay? Mm -hmm. So pick one side or the other. Because person in this instance, uh, people in this instance, means a collective. The people. The it does yep. throughout the whole document. We, the people. The people meant the gathering and not a person yep. who is an individual. Yep. And that's the way I interpret those words. Now, somebody else is taking it and saying that they're saying that no, per people means individual. I agree. Sure that's what the Supreme Court validated. Yes. Right. So now the all bets are off. Yeah. That's why we need to repeal the amendment now because it's been interpreted way beyond what was intended. It, it's it, it's the, forget the intention. 
what's the, what are we looking at? What, what what are we living with as a result of this? What are we accepting as a group, as a people? What are we accepting uh, in our behavior, in our communities, in the people around us, in our safety? What are we giving up in order to support this? Do you really need to own that gun? Is it is it is it? Like, is the amendment you, is it that important to? Is it more important than your kid? Is it more important than dropping your kid off? And this is exactly what that woman said. She was a mother, I think. Is it worth it to drop your kid off at school like Americans do all over the... And you know me. I don't give a fuck. It's not, I have no, no dog in this race. But I just, I'm looking at it saying, you're talking out your ass. You, you, you're dropping your kid off at school. You don't know whether or not you're going to pick that kid up. Well, what phone call you're going to get in the next eight hours. And that's true everywhere. It's not just in the Caribbean schools. And it's not just in your Havana-esque motels. It's right. every it place. It is everywhere. Absolutely. And are you willing to give that up for the benefit of owning a gun? I think that that's where we are as a people. And I think, unfortunately... We've done that. We have done that. The thing is that people take owning a gun to the 10th degree. So they have like this arsenal, you know, when an arsenal to defend your home is not needed. You it, know what I mean? It's and the excuse. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the blatant manipulation of the, the word right to yep. justify something that is so just and even if it's not on a moral level wrong it has a long enough history that we can say where have we gotten the good of this what has this led to it where has are we now a because of to the this? public that's what happened this amendment brought us to it being guns being a danger to the public and I the agree country, with you you know I agree with you but that, when you use the words you're, you're, you're standing on my rights you're taking away my rights my rights my rights my rights mm -hmm. my rights yeah I just think things times have changed you have to adjust the laws the rules everything to the evolution of society well that's that's a whole political that's all well, that's the whole thing you you're there there's the one side saying the Constitution is a living document that evolves with time. And then there are the others saying, you have to go back to what the framers intended. You have to go back to the, the original meaning. No, see, I didn't, totally just but back the then, original meaning. I, I keep saying to people, yes, back then, black people were, were property and white women had no rights. Right. So that's what you want to go back to. Okay. You know, and that's the same thing with the church. Like, but you could beat your kids. You know. Yeah, you could beat your kids, no problem. Oh, <laughs> you beat your slate. Can I go on to the next segment? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. It is National Ice Cream Cone Day. No! Oh. It is the International Day of the Lesbian. No! It is the day of of worshipping the owl. No. You're not even close on any of those. <laughs> I had three guesses gonna do this. <laughs> Because I think that it's ridiculous. There's a fucking day for everything. Every every day you did it. It's the national day of. It's the internet. So I uh, guess because it could be anything. It could be anything. Yes, it could. That's so true. I just guess it anything. Could be pizza day. It could be whiskey anything. day. Anything. Well, today is National Escargot Day. Oh, exactly my point. Go. Have you Respect ever eaten for the snail? Have you ever eaten escargot? I have I not. Have. Neither In have I. Paris once. Really? No. Yes, How did you like a, it? 
I'm not a no. cargo kind of girl. Okay. <laughs> I did it just to, you know, say I did it. For those of you unfamiliar with escargot, we're talking about land snails that are removed from their shells and they're cooked with garlic, butter, and wine. And then once cooked, they're put back in their shells yes. and they're served with either little tongs yes. or little forks little fork, for yeah. eating because they can be a little tough to get out of those shells. Yes. But yes, today is National Escargot Day. Puke. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, let's, let's dig this thing out of its home and right. eat it. <laughs> well, it was already taken out once and cooked, so it doesn't matter at that point. <laughs> but today is also National Scavenger Hunt Day. Ooh, okay. I like that. Have you ever been on a scavenger I hunt? Have. It's so much fun. Really? Oh, yeah. What were you on a scavenger hunt for? Um, actually, we are on a scavenger hunt for weed. It was <laughs> one of our little weed escapades. Okay, you know? so, that sounds like um, fun. Yeah, you know, and then the the prize was like behind some shopping center next to a dumpster or something. That's you know, hilarious. and it had all kinds of edibles and stuff like oh, that. Oh, cool! It, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Oh wow, <laughs> Tommy, have you that, ever gone on a scavenger hunt? I must say that I have no memory of personally taking place in one, but I find it hard to believe that I didn't. <laughs> Just based on, you know, sort of where my childhood fell. Well, I know that I have never been on a scavenger hunt yeah. also. Are you going to mention Blanche? Yes, because oh, that's Blanche. my home. I've, back in the day, I always hung out at the bar Blanche, cool. basically six days out of the week. And, on the, equal, and right? on the weekends, some of the various high schools on Long Island would have a senior scavenger hunt. And one of the scavenger hunt stops would be you would have to go to the gay bar, Blanche, in Farmingdale and get a coaster from the bar or Four something with the bar's matches. name on it. Yeah. I remember yes. it always being a book of matches. And they'd be yes. like, all night long, you see these kids coming into the bar. The so and I know that Kevin put a basket full of just matches. Yes. Really? On, just so they could grab it just, go. You know, you don't even come in because... So, it happens so often. There's so many. Yeah, that was always fun. That's also my major ex experience with scavenger hunting. Right, me too. I like the idea, though. Well, yeah. it was started yeah. by a woman named Elsa Maxwell, whose birthday it is today. Right. Oh, Elsa ding, ding. Maxwell. She was a professional hostess call. and uh, gossip columnist. And okay. It is to her that they attribute that she's the one who started scavenger hunts okay. at social occasions. Fun. Interesting. Well, right? they had nothing to do back in the day. They were looking for <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can't, how many lawn darts can you mm -hmm. fucking throw? How many dances can you do? <laughs> you know, uh, There's only so much bocce ball. Yeah. That's what this is what I'm saying. If I have to throw this bag of sand one more time. Anyway, we're now moving on to our next segment. How about a little round of Get the Guests? How about that? How about a little game of Get the Guests? Yes, it's time to play Get the Guests. Daniela Pagin. And Danielle, you as well as the both, as well as Tommy and I are all avid consumers of cannabis. Weed enthusiasts. Yes. Yes, we are. But you seem to have gotten a bit more involved in the cannabis community that now seems to exist here on Long Island. I have indeed. Would you like to tell us how you got involved in that? Well, it all started with a breakup. Oh. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I have to find a group that, you know, I could start hanging out with again that is like-minded. And what do I like to do? I like to smoke weed. So I went on to Facebook, and um, for anybody, Long Island Cannabis Events, if you look for it on Facebook, they'll tell you everything. They have stuff like puff and paint, 
where they use like, you know, glow-in-the-dark paint. Um, they have stogo, which is yoga, and you smoke you know, before <laughs> and after, right? Baked bingo, where That's you nice. smoke all night playing bingo, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and you win... Nice. It's just shit to do while you're high. Exactly. It's everybody's just getting sitting around getting high together because it's a very social thing. Yeah. You know. There's a there's a group I follow. It didn't exactly match all the words on yours. The (laughs) the local cannabis group. Yeah. Yeah. So so where are you? What are you? Where where are these events held? There are events in Nassau and Suffolk County. Okay. There's a place in Medford called Shakedown that is trying to get stuff together. There's uh, in Long Beach, there's a girl named Ivy that had just opened a store and she's doing all kind of puffin paints and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So there's, you know, lots of, you know, a lot of stoga happens right in Holbrook, which I do. Okay, and then she also does uh, stoga at the beach in uh, Baldwin. Which I guess is consuming cannabis and practicing yoga. Basically, what you do, and this is the first thing I ever did, introduced me to the cannabis community. I went to stoga where you, you meet up, you sit around, you smoke, and, you know, it's people you really don't know, but, you know, you're talking about your day and stuff, and, you know, you're laughing a little bit. You put your weed out, you go do an hour's worth of kick-ass yoga it's not easy yeah right and then when you're done you drink your water we all sit back down again have a little puff and you know just kind of talk it's just really nice because then i ended up bumping into these people at other canna events okay cool so you had a familiar face and then it just grew as i started going to different events so you're networking now I so is there an organization you're a part of, or is it just a loose-knit bunch it's of people that recognize each other? knit There's, like, certain companies like, um, oh, my God, Black Gold, you know. They'll have private events. Okay, and this is actually very interesting. They'll have a private event where they don't give you the address until, like, the day before or something, or you have to direct message them to okay. get the address. And it'll be sponsored, and say you pay a certain amount, like $5. I just went to one in Bohemia. It was sponsored by Raw. Okay, and it was five dollars to get in, but upon going in, you get a pack of papers, a pack of tips, and a lighter. So right there, there's your five bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go in there, and it's just everything canna related. You know, it's wow. just ah, oh, it's like a, a flea market for weed. It's so cool. Now, just so that people understand, New York State is among other states in the union that now have legalized the use of marijuana or cannabis. For recreational purposes. However, in the state of New York, they basically left it up to each municipality to decide if they were going to allow cannabis dispensaries to be open in their counties or towns. On Long Island here, very few towns have approved the use of cannabis. That's true. Uh, Suffolk County especially. Is town, really I know the town of Babylon has approved it. But okay. I can know you buy it at the Indian reservations? I believe you, soon you, you can. You can go to the um, reservation now. And get oh, it. you can get it now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's like three... I, know, I haven't been there, but I've done my research, and there's like three different stores on Poda Tuck Lane or Yeah, that's like what that. I think, too. Yeah, and I know people have gone... Got weed there. Okay. Uh, they have reviews. Because I've done my research, too, at Google.com. You have to do your research. <laughs> you have That's to another thing. Follow the law. I'm not telling anybody yes, to do anything exactly. illegal. Whatever you can do, go to Long Island Normal. That's another Because a lot, a lot of these towns and counties still uh, law smoking ma- smoking cannabis in public. Right. Smoking it near schools. Yeah. How many people you can have in a gathering kind of thing. There's, yeah. there's a lot of different 
quirky rules. So um, I would say if you want to go to the Long Island Normal site or even just the New York State Cannabis Management site and you can see what the rules are. Now, the gatherings that you have gone to, these have been all like private residences or private businesses? They are at businesses during non-regular hours. Okay. And like So a private person would kind of rent out the space, so to speak, for right. their event. And that's how... And that's how they're it. operating within that's the law. Operating. So there's nothing Correct. illegal about you attending one of these Correct. events. Correct. You're not doing... It's not like you're going to a speakeasy. Exactly. You know? It's, yeah. So I know a guy named David Feldman, and he is a, an attorney. Very, you know, big, highfalutin New York City attorney. And he is working in this cannabis field on the other end, where you guys are all the, like, hippie chicks going and getting high and having fun doing yoga. He's working somehow legally through, and he's... But um, I have respect for that. Big up there. What I'm saying is it's big up there. Like, this is not a guy that's fucking around wearing... Like, this is a high-powered attorney-type guy who is um, getting a lot of press about, about doing it. And I think it's cool as shit because... That's the other side of it, right? Where you, you, you know, we have the girls with the, with the flip flaps wearing the hookah shells, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and that's another point is that now that it's so like, you, I was just in Manhattan, and some guy like I was outside a club smoking a joint, and some guy's like, "You want to buy weed?" And he's holding the bag of weed in front of me, like, and I'm just like, so just it opens the doors for more people to scam you. Yeah. So just, I would say, buy from people you know, buy from people that are recommended because, oh, you know, they smoke weed, they must be cool. No. Everybody's going to try, you know. Well, let's say hypothetically, let's say if I was a member of like one of these societies or clubs or whatever, and they have an event, and let's say it's in a private business, but Mm -hmm. it's after hours, do I pay an admission fee? Can I buy cannabis there? Or do I have to bring the cannabis with me in order to smoke there? The ones I've been to, um, you pay the fee and then you're able to buy. Okay. You know, um, that's what it just blew my mind. Now, the people that you're buying from inside the event, are they legally selling? They are licensed to sell it. Okay. That's that's why I want to make it clear to everyone this is all being done legally. Legally, yeah. Nothing we don't, yeah. We don't advocate breaking the law here. Good. That's, yeah, that's what we needs yeah. to make Well, clear. now that the law is on our side. Pretty much Because, so, you know, yeah. bitches was out doing this anyway when, you, when, exactly. when New York... Exactly. Nothing much has changed, really. When New York, yeah. nothing has changed. <laughs> it's except that it's okay now. Just don't be stupid. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, don't be stupid about it, you know, like yeah. anything else. Now, at any of these events, have you ever had to, uh, or ever witnessed any, like, anyone, I don't want to say overdosing, but anyone having an adverse effect or anything like no that? No way. There was only one time at Big Bingo, there was someone kind of over in the corner that kept laughing, and they couldn't stop laughing. Oh, no. And we're like, uh-oh, maybe they did mushrooms. <laughs> you know? But that was the only thing, you know. And besides that, it's, I mean... You can't overdose on weed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? But I say that with smoking weed. You know, I, I don't say that about edibles. Right. Yeah, you know, I, edibles I, I, pref- I prefer different. to smoke. I'm not an right. edible fan. And edibles is a whole different game. And My husband's been using in order to help to alleviate his smoking because yeah. he's not smoking cigarettes. Yeah. So he's been taking that to help alleviate the anxiety. You start with very low doses because for me, I literally was climbing walls when I've done too much. Yeah, he's been doing, he like, the ones he has are like 10 milligrams and yeah. he, break, he breaks them in half. So yeah, if you're going to go with edibles, which a lot of people are now, um, just be careful. And and don't drive on them either. You right. can't go driving on them. Well, like anything else, you got to see how you react to it. 
Yep. Yeah. Start you know, low. Well, 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 how do you happens. feel? What's going on around you? How are the people responding to you? Are you too high for your own self in your head? Like you can get a bag of pretzels that's like. But you got to do that milligrams. with cheese too, don't you? Like you, you know what I mean? Like that's yep. true. do that with that's you. True. You got to sort of put your feet in and test it and see. Yes. You know you're not going to be a fucking pothead uh, just because you tried an edible. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, yeah, this. Now at these events that you go to. What, what are the people like? What's the demographic like? Um, They're stoned. That's a great question. No, the community is very diverse. Okay. It's young, old, uh, men, women, any anything, you know? I don't want I mean, people getting the picture that it's someone like Reverend Jim from no, Taxi. No, no, no. It's, that everyone's just some burned out stoners. Really, I would totally go there. <laughs> no, well, I, I would yeah. too. I would totally go there. That'd get me back to church, I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. But it's not like that. No, no, no. It's it's very diverse. Um, the and including the business opportunities. I I have gone to these events with all these vendors, and it's just so diverse. And that makes me very happy. I yeah. mean, it's an equal opportunity. You know, business. You know, everybody's getting in from the ground floor at this point. You know, so um, no, young, old. I mean, the the crowd itself that you're hanging out with. Very friendly. We laugh, you know. Well, so have you made any friends with I, them that you meet with them outside of the events or groups? I have a few. Okay. I have good. a few. Um, the people mainly from the yoga class. Okay. They also go to a lot of the other events. So, like, when we see each other, they right. will sit together yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, it's, I did. I managed to make a little group of friends. Well, that's excellent. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. That's fantastic. Now, the events that you've gone to, have they all been primarily in Suffolk County or have there been any in Nassau County? I do Suffolk County. Okay. I live in Suffolk County, but there's plenty. There's of plenty stuff. of groups out oh, here yeah, in Nassau absolutely. as well. Like I said, just Facebook, Long Island Cannabis Events. And okay. That is where they all post their stuff. And then you can pick vendors off of there. That You'll get a hundred different options for groups, for pages, for kind of C-A-N-N-A-I. Bam, there it is. It's right, 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 right. I mean, yeah. it's there. If you want to find it, you yeah, can find it. Yeah, that's why I was specifically at Long Island Cannabis Events. I should come right up. And, Are there um, any specific groups or events that you would recommend to people? Well, I would say the baked bingo is always good. Okay. I just love the way that sounds. I know, baked bingo. It, it, bingo it, sounds yeah, like a, a fucking hoot. Um, they do... Where um, does that happen, baked bingo? Baked bingo happens at a brewery in Holbrook during non-regular hours. So it's like back in the day, your grandma would go to the Knights of Columbus, yeah. you know, and play bingo now, like your grandma's <laughs> going to the brewery <laughs> and winning weed. <laughs> you know, times have changed. My is question is, win? do people still bring the little Cupid dolls with them for it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but everybody brings their own pipes, they bring their own weed. Oh, um, that's great. It's, yeah, it's very, it's so much fun. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, but it's, it's 50 bucks. You know, it's not going to be cheap. You know, it started out Really pretty cheap, but then they started learning if you're going to give nice prizes like that, you got to charge more. Charge, yeah, know? so it's definitely. about 50 bucks for a night, but you do 10 rounds of bingo, it's about four hours. That's fantastic, it's, it's a lot of fun. That really is, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, anything else you want to tell us about it? I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any more questions, Tommy? Probably. Take this opportunity. Now, have you ever gone to an event and like saw someone there you knew that like, oh my god, this person's here? Actually, yeah. Really? Um, 
not like in the crowd, but one of the vendors was okay. uh, friends with my ex-boyfriend. Oh, and God. their little booth was right next to my friend's booth. Oh. You know? So I'm like talking to my friend and I'm kind of acting like I'm not, you know, like seeing them and stuff. But that it was uncomfortable. Oh, Definitely God. Well, that sucks. You know, but, uh, you know, I mean, that you can always avoid them. There's so much to do with these events, too. I mean. Plus, you can um, get high. You can get high. What happens when you see your, uh, your ex-boyfriend's friend? What do you want to do first thing? Get high. <laughs> Come to the car with me. Go I need to get high. Get high. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Yep. Okay. So right off the bat, you're you're a step ahead. I'm already. Yeah, I'm already where I want to be. Exactly. Yeah. It don't matter if she's here. So what? And I mean, you can. And the thing is, it's not just buying weed. It's you can buy pipes. You can buy clothes. They have jewelry. It's not just you know you know. If you don't smoke weed, you're not gonna have fun. I mean, you gotta go just to see pothead jewelry, right? Oh, uh, it's there's a lot of stuff, clothes that are organic and stuff like that. So, um, like I said, equal opportunity. Everybody's welcome. That's fantastic. Know? Yeah. So, but they, again, watch out for the swindlers. There are and there are plenty it, out there, you know, just so like for anything else. That's a big thing. Yeah. Go ahead, but be careful. Yes. Exactly. Don't be stupid. Yep. Exactly. Go Remember? slow. Stick with the people you know and recommendations. Yeah. Don't be an ass. Don't be stupid. <laughs> well, thank you very much for filling us in and what's going on. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. If we can get this community going, it's just another fun thing to do. Is that, well, so I'm, I'm waiting for all these other towns on Long Island to wake up when they see what these towns that have approved cannabis mm -hmm. sales to see how much tax revenue they are going to get from the Actually, cannabis sales. that's another point I wanted to bring up. Is Didn't that Colorado proved that anyway a long time ago? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <clears throat> from what I understand, when, you know, we have all these recreational dispensaries, there's going to be this crazy tax on it. Yeah, of course. Okay. But if you have your medical marijuana card, you're not going to pay the tax. Oh, so good to this know. is what the theory is going around. So, say your medical marijuana card is one fifty to two hundred dollars, you'll probably, if you're a regular smoker, you're going to save that amount of tax. Yeah, big time. Now that hasn't so, happened yet. That yeah, it hasn't happened yet or anything. But, but right now, people are paying a sales tax, a New York State sales yeah, tax. Yeah, you know. So I'm about to renew my medical cannabis card. You know, and it's easy. It's just a quick online consult, and you get emailed all the paperwork, and 150 bucks later, there you are. That's fantastic. Yeah. Jeez. So, yeah, that's a, a good direction. <laughs> and I used, you know, PTSD. You know, I said, oh, from my childhood. You know, so what? What gave you PTSD? Oh, trauma from my childhood. Okay, and that was it. <sighs> So, you know, it's a good road to go down. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you again. All right. You got it. You sure you have no other questions? Well, I'm fine. All right. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to move on to the next segment because you Feel usually free. wait until I start the next segment. Feel free. And then you come no, up with a, a question. <laughs> no, it's because you do something stupid like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, just for that, we're going to take a look into my briefs. <laughs> But it'll be a short look, don't worry. Oh, by the way, I watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay, oh, so... My God. Oh, wait, not yet. We'll get into that okay, later. Good. You can get into that later. Awesome. But for now, we're going to cover a look into my briefs and we'll talk about <laughs> Harlan Crow. Harlan Crow. And for those of you who don't remember, he is the billionaire buddy of Supreme Court Associate Justice ah, Clarence Thomas. Right. And it's been disclosed he's been very generous with Clarence and his family. Mm -hmm. More than should be comfortable uh, for a Supreme Court justice. But I yes. Don't think they see it that way. No, they, no don't. they don't. And apparently neither does Harlan Crow, because it appears that the 
Seventh Judiciary Committee invited him to come to the committee and uh, answer questions about his gifts that he has made to Clarence Thomas and his family. But his lawyer responded saying, After careful consideration, we do not believe the committee has the authority to investigate Mr. Crow's personal relationship with Clarence Thomas. Congress does not have the constitutional power to impose ethics rules and standards on the Supreme Court. Doing so would exceed Congress's Article I authority and violate basic separation of power principles. That precludes the committee from pursuing an investigation in support of such legislation. Which... If you talk to most legal and constitutional scholars, they'll tell you that's all a bunch of bullshit that they just said. Yeah. That Congress does have the authority to regulate the courts and to investigate the courts when necessary. And this is not investigating court procedure. This is an, an, an investigating an unsavory relationship between a billionaire and a justice. Well, you know? What exactly makes it unsavory? Is it the access itself? Because that's it to me. Even the appearance of impropriety cannot be accepted. Cannot well, be yeah, but it's you're too vague. How is that vague? This because is pretty the, explicit. The appearance, no, come on. The appearance of whatever you said, Thanks, impropriety. In the, in the appearance of impropriety is a personal decision. I didn't think that was inappropriate. I didn't think that was. But you see, that's the problem. That right now, it's too vague. That's what I'm saying. You no, the problem is is that the judicial code of ethics applies to every other federal judge in the federal judiciary except the Supreme Court. And they need now, regulating. So, now, the Supreme they Court says at. it's fo following ethical guidelines, and Justice Roberts produced a copy of whatever they were following, but it's voluntary. It's not by law. And I'm sorry. And they don't think that the Congress has the right to pass a law to make it so. Exactly. They, they, they this, this attorney's arguing, you have no authority to do this. Yes, they do. That was what everything has been based on. Yes yeah. and balances. Yeah, so, so run out to your friend, a legal scholar, the constitutional legal scholar, and he'll tell you. Well, next you're going to see a subpoena. Then it's going to go to court. And then it's going to go, oh, out. yeah, and get okay. dragged out. It's a whole different power level at that point. You know? Well, that's the whole problem. Yeah. That rich people have this access yeah, you can't to public it. officials yeah. that the common man does not. Onward, upward. Yes, it's time for the week in fascism. Oh, yeah, it is. It's too random. Anyway, for this week in the week in fascism, we go to the state of Florida. Florida. No doubt. And does anybody remember a young poet named Amanda Gorman? She wrote the thing oh. for the thing. She wrote the, the thing, poem. Right? Joe Biden. She Biden. wrote the poem, The Hill We Climb, which was read at the inauguration of Joe Biden. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it the seems that the Miami-Dade County Public School District removed the poem from the elementary school uh. after one parent complained about it to the district. And this is why we live in a world full of Karens who yeah. are all about my rights, my rights, my rights, my rights, my rights. The parent said that the poem was not educational and it included indirect hate messages. She also said the author of the poem was... Oprah Winfrey. What? In a statement, the district claimed that the decision did not constitute a book ban, as it was determined at the school that the hill we climb is better suited for middle school students, and it was shelved in the middle school section of the media center. The book remains available in the media center. Well, Gorman responded, so they banned my book from young readers, confused me with Oprah, failed to specify what parts of my poetry they object to, 
refuse to read any reviews and offer no alternatives. Unnecessary book bans like these are on the rise and we might must fight back. Now here supposedly is the supposedly offending passage. Tell me what hate messages are okay. in this. We braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace, and the norms and notions of what just is isn't always justice. And yet, the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. Okay, so let's go back. Because I have a few, I have a few things. Start it again. To me, to, I'll tell you what it sounds like to me. I, I'm going to put myself, I'm very good at this. Oh, are I can, you? I can play both sides of an argument. Now I'm trying to think of who is the guy that got offended by that. Where You asked me where the offending language is that points to... Yeah. Okay, okay. so go start from the beginning, go. We brave the belly of the beast. Okay, so the beast is the white man. Oh, it is? Yes. The beast is the white man. And we got through basically slavery. Go ahead. Okay. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace. Good. So now what we're saying is we have to be loud, okay? okay. So it's, 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 you have to be loud against two, against the white man. So this is from a black perspective. Okay, this is what this is offensive. Okay, so yeah, I got you. This is where the racist language is coming from. This is what it is. And that's where the thing Oprah did it, maybe. Okay, so go ahead. What's next? We've learned that quiet isn't always peace, and the norms and notions of what just is isn't always justice. Okay, so here's the thing. What she's saying is we got used to it. Read the first half of that, of that again. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace. Right, so we keep our mouth shut, and it doesn't always work out. Okay. Go ahead. I'll read the, should I read the rest of it? Or? Uh, until I say stop. Okay. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Okay, we have a future. and all we, Okay, so they don't like this because now you're rising up against me. Somehow we do it. Somehow. Okay, that's pretty self-explanatory. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken but simply unfinished. Okay, first of all, you're talking about the United States of America. It's perfect. It's sent by Jesus. Okay, so you're being offensive now. This is where they're, they're this is where they're finding the hidden language. My interpretation. Well, you're also interpreting basically eight lines out of a poem, out of a much longer poem. Uh, so it's a little hard to make that interpretation without knowing. No, the no, entire no, no. I, I went line by line. Where are these hate people are coming from, though. They, you said that they were saying that the the poem was filled with messages of hate, mm -hmm. and I was pointing out where in the, how be. the interpretations were being formatted in the brains of these ridiculous people and playing devil's advocate, which evidently is not a game you've ever learned how to play. So, I, I, ironic as that is, I, so you're saying that. White people complained about the poem because it is coming from a black perspective and trying to get them to rise up. It, yes, exactly. But by 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 mentioning the, the the mere mention of the fact that they had something to rise up against. I right. think just the fact offensive. that she thought Oprah Winfrey wrote the poem, yes, that's, well, that's which is like, stupid. oh, it's just any black woman, you know. That's just it's some black woman. Uh, it's just a stupid, stupid, stupid mistake. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, if it was meant as like a no, from what I read, this is probably just stupid because the complaint was filled with grammatical errors. Also. Oh, no. <laughs> Wow. Well, that's not the only. She didn't hire an attorney. No, which I guess she didn't have to for this. She just had to file a complaint. Okay. Just one parent filed a complaint and they removed the book. One parent. Okay. I can't. Yeah, that's 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 the, that's where we're at one now. One affects the many. Yep, that's where we're at now. Well, you're afraid of being sued. What? 
you're afraid of being sued. Her next step is, if you don't take the book off the shelf, her next step is a lawyer. And they're, what they're going to do is they're going to make it a, a fucking case about your you stepping on my religious, my personal, my freedom of speech, my this, my that, my every freedom. So nipping it at the bottom. So let's just get it off to school for the three-year-olds. She'd have no case. She'd have to prove damages in order to bring a lawsuit. She can't prove damages in a case like that. Yeah, no what way. she but it doesn't that, she has to prove damages. I, I in order to bring a civil lawsuit. That's a rule. But what I'm saying is it's not the motive. Of course it's not the and motive. And sometimes you you what I seem to see is that they take the opportunity to say to to publicize, to to get publicity, to get media for that cause and for that thought. And that is worth the fact that this is going to sizzle out, some some judge down the line is eventually going to throw this fucking thing out. It's worth it to do, even though they know they're not going to win. They ain't going to bring it. This is some white trash bigot down in Florida uh, who got who the, law the law money change. for fucking lawyers. She got the law change. She Please. she got the well. She didn't get yeah. Well, she didn't get the no. She got a book ban. She got a book ban. She'd be so proud. There's too much power. Anyway, our next story involves a store that we sometimes call Target. Uh-huh. That's also, right. Also known as like Target. Target. Well, if anyone, if you have ever shopped at a Target, usually beginning in May, they start selling Pride memorabilia. This is the most ridiculous. clothes. This is the most ridiculous story, I think, and it's it's. Well, yeah, Target came out with this statement. He goes, since introducing this year's collection, we've experienced threats impacting our team members' sense of safety and well-being while at work. Given these volatile circumstances, we are making adjustments to our plans including removing items that have been at the center of the most significant confrontational behavior. Do you know what it was? Yes, I do. It was the tuck bikini. Yep. They sell a tuck-friendly women's swimsuit that allows trans women who have not had surgery to conceal their private parts. Now, that's lovely. (laughs) If that's what they want to do, then they should be able to do that. Okay, so but that's not what happened. (sighs) But Target said that customers have knocked down pride displays at the stores. They've angrily approached workers and posted threatening videos on social media from inside the store. So not only is it removing items, but it is also moving its pride merchandise from the front of the store to the back of the store in some of its southern stores. I read that. All I could think of is... Back of the bus. The back of the bus. That's exactly what I thought of. Right, back of the store. Back of the bus. I think it's probably easier crowd control. It's just, you're letting hatred and fear control your agenda. Well, the thing is, though, that's they what have it is. to consider... I mean, I understand employee safety. Well, that's you their argument. You know? I understand the employee safety. Well, then you understand the issue. There are, but there are other ways to address it than removing the items from the store. Right. Or moving them to the back of the store. Right. I don't disagree with you. Target, I think they really, they pussied out on this. They, they, they stumbled big time. And, and how much of their upcoming advertising in the next month is going to be rainbow-based? Oh, please, not just them. How many of these stores, all of a sudden, yay, gay, yay, gay, right. come and buy our stuff. Right. And then it's all gone for the rest of the year. Right, it's like Christmas. Yeah. So, but, but we get a month. So, um, <laughs> but what, what now they have this? How do they do that now? After doing this, after taking, after moving and doing and moving and getting rid of and placating, how do they then come out with all of this? What I'm sure is going to be, like I said, rainbow covered advertising for the next 30 days. They're gonna probably downplay it. Are they gonna advertise demographics? I would think. They, yeah, know, they may advertise it here in New York, right. but they won't do it down in they Georgia. Do it in, but in New know, York, wherever. the guys are like, fuck you, that's not what you did. I Don't know. you dare. Don't you dare. Yeah. 
You had the chance, and you ju- you just did it a week ago. Yep. Yeah. I know. Tell me. Don't you tell me. No. It's no. shameful. It really is it's shameful. But this is this is what's going on. It's the fascists attacking the capitalists. That's what it comes down to. Yep. And the capitalists right now are cowering a bit. Except for Disney. I'll give Disney credit so far. Oh, you know I, what? Yeah. The mouse got balls. Damn yeah, right. That's all yeah, I'm okay. saying. Damn I'm right. I'm happy with the direction I, that they Yeah. <laughs> Every joke about a Disney attorney is clearly true. What do you mean? Those guys are sharks. They are, you know what I mean? They are, you don't fuck around. Don't fuck around with Disney because of the, the you know, the legal team. Yeah. The legal department, whatever it is, they will come for you. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's around, especially around theater stuff. Yeah. Disney will come for you. They'll cost them nothing. No, it don't. No, it don't. Oh, yeah. 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 Just the mouse has balls. I'm happy. Yeah, me too. I mean, Fuck and, you. And Go like, to Puerto Rico. You know, like you That's said. That's what I keep more. saying. Move to Puerto Rico. Take Move to Disney World to Puerto Rico. Take that shit. The economy is going to be ruined. Of course. You know? just... Of course it is. The biggest employer, yeah. the biggest taxpayer. Yep. And who deserves it more or has better weather than some uh, you know obscure place in Puerto Rico? In Florida, I mean, Disney World just canceled a project that they were planning on down there. Yeah, they did. That would have brought in like 2,000 jobs. That's off the table now. Yep, off the table. The drag queen should not be reading to the kids, and that's the issue. And I don't mean that sarcastically, but that's truly the issue. It comes down to a social agenda that distracts from the shit that the, these 2,000 jobs that aren't going to get made, this tax that's not going to come in, this infrastructure that's not going to be built, this this thing that could, that could happen as a boon to your state is not going to happen because of why. Mm. What you're saying is the drag queen should not be reading to kids. So it's a distraction. It's a stupid... But they, it goes as far as Target feeling the pressure to take merch off its shelves. Crazy. Well, it's the same re- thing with Bud Light when oh, they did yeah. the ad with right. the um, uh, the trans uh, girl. Now they came out. They came out as soon as all the backlash started. They came out with this ad. Oh, yay, American stuff! What, and they it was pulled like, it off the shelves, right? They or they. I don't remember, they but now they they, they they like triple their advertising now, and yeah. like, there's a shit ton of what I saw on social media of just the gayifying. Of Bud Light, yeah, you know, it was, and it was not meant in a in a in a in a nice, fabulous gay kind of way. No, I'm sure it wasn't. It was mostly horrible. Um, but it was one promotional thing, you know. Yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, and you're making. <laughs> but they're gonna, you know. Now we're not gonna drink your drink. Fuck you. I know. Yeah. I say okay. Yeah. Don't drink the drink. Who the hell drinks Bud Light anymore anyway? Well, I was Ugh. in a bar in Lindenhurst, and it was karaoke night, and some guy sang at the very end of it. He said he shouted out, "Fuck Bud Light." Ah, there you go. I was like, wow. <laughs> right there. Wow. You that's know, where we're right at. There. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's... And I sat there and drank my Bud Light. Because yeah. <laughs> you're classy. Yes, I am. <sighs> Did you at least pour it into a glass? No. Yeah, you got it. Mean, Please. Yeah. When you reach a certain age. Actually, should we support Bud Light? Should I go out and buy some Bud Light? Why not? Buy any Bud product. Right? You don't buy Bud Light. There are plenty of other uh, products by Anheuser-Busch. If if that happened to Bud Light, who... That's what kills me. These yahoos, they're not going to drink Bud Light, but they'll they'll buy some other Anheuser-Busch beer, you know? Well... Because they don't know any fucking better. Bush beer, yeah. Right? Yes. Just ridiculous. Which is, it's all joking. If you support them or you don't support them, it doesn't matter if you support them, you're not, you're, some one way or the other, you're also supporting the opposite argument. If you're yeah. supporting anybody, it's, 
know. You know, Bud Light, I, I think that it was cool that they did that, but... Um, I think they were getting a jump on the Pride events. That's, yeah. I yeah, think that's they, why they start in May. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually, they're, they're getting a lot of press. There's a lot of really famous trans people now, and very talented, and making contributions, you know? So, I mean, it, at least they were trying to recognize a little... Well, from what I understand, yeah. Target's getting a backlash from the yeah queer community now right. because of what they're doing. Wow. What so, do you? What is Target supposed to do? Well, hey, the LA. Look at the LA Dodgers. They had a Pride event scheduled, but they were going to ban or prohibit the uh, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Well, they were supposed to honor them. Well, I don't know if they were supposed to honor them, but they were supposed to be part of this Pride event. And then they banned them, saying that they're, you know, because of possibly being offensive, because they dress as nuns, you know? It really, really outrageous drag. Yeah. It's a whole outrageous drag theater group. Really outrageous. So they banned them, so then people were like saying... Okay, fine, you're going to ban them? We're not coming to your event. A state senator came out and said, fucking boycott the event. Pride groups started saying, we're not coming. Wow. So the LA Dodgers turned around, apologized, and let the group back in there. And now, I think they're honoring them. Okay, maybe they are. I don't know. I haven't run that far into the story. Okay, so yeah always a fight yeah you know it's, it's gonna it's this it's i'm afraid it's gonna get only get worse yeah only it just, gonna get worse you know what at one point you think society's evolving and then boom, it's like yeah one, one step you know, forward five side. steps back that's it's, yep, exactly. it just feels like we've done this before yeah we it's have just, oh, i yeah, thought we, we had this fight years ago for again? us and now we're going we're right. fighting it we're, all over again for for trans and non-binary right. people we're it's back like, to this yeah yeah oh you know what it is it's exhausting yeah, definitely. So people be people. They're not affecting you. Just right, you know. God, we're gonna move on to our next <laughs> segment now. It's time for we like to watch. <laughs> this is where you talk Ooh, about Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. Maisel. So yeah, so oh, you've been watching. Oh, we all watched. Mrs. We've all watched it. Yes, and it's not. Did you finish it in season? I finished it. Okay. Yes, wait, wait, how many episodes did you watch? What do you mean? How many? How many episodes did you watch? I'll tell you why. I'm asking. Okay. Because my sister asked me this question yesterday. My sister and I are big Maisel fans. She actually got a little ridiculous the first time it ended. Okay. Okay. She was like, I had to go back and rewatch it. She became sort of, okay. It, it kind of ended quite weird. I watched six episodes. Right. At the end of the sixth episode, she walks down. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're separated, but they intend they to. Up. And they, right. Things are good. Right. Yeah. Right, okay. Right. My sister says there's two more episodes. That's what my sister said. You know what? I'm no, a, the the last episode is where she goes. I hope that you come see me, old friend. Yeah, after she's at the Friars Roast. It, exactly, that's exactly right. right. That well, now, it. from what I understand, how do we get that show? Is it is it Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime. I mean, yes. after that, there's trailers and stuff, but it's not. That's the last episode. All right, yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm I'm going to my Prime Video but account right the, now. Hold on, episodes, episodes eight, bitches. There's eight. eight. Episode seven. A house full of extremely lame horses. Okay, don't tell us anymore. I, that's, I'm just reading the title. So obviously, there's two more episodes. There's two more watch. episodes. So it wasn't over yet. No, because no. there's two good, more episodes. Episode seven, and episode eight. Very happy. Oh my god, that I'm just seems very weird. Because I like the way it ended. Nice. It ended. It was you know? clean. It was I satisfying. More. I needed more. I thought it was kind of abrupt. You know, it was only six yeah. episodes, but it was a nice wrap on it. I thought. I liked it. Yeah. Especially because okay. it's centered on Susie. So yeah. there are two, right. 
there are two, which was kind of weird anyway, because how do you end the season? Even though she's a major character, Focusing it's on not Susie. the marvelous Susie, what's her face? Yeah, I know. Right. You know what I mean? It was sort of So maybe it does make sense. There's two more episodes. Right. So now, two, so we'll, you know what? We'll do Susie, two episodes from the end. Yeah. And then we'll do the family and uh, right before the end. Right, right, right. Which makes sense, I suppose. So yeah. then I guess we'll all watch the next two episodes oh, and talk two about more that episodes. next week. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it's fucking amazing. I love it. I love it. It, it is. Fantastic show. The costuming show. and yeah. the script is so good. It really oh, is. God. Yeah, yeah. Really and every, every one of them is perfect. Tony yeah. Shalhoub, I laugh just by oh. looking at him. He doesn't even have to try. Even, and I forget her name right now, but the wife. The, his wife. Yeah. Right. She's awesome. I actually researched her because she's so good at it. She's so good. You know, she's perfect. <laughs> and I researched other stuff that she had done because it's just, you know, she's one of those faces that you see a lot, but you can't remember the name. Okay. You know. But, oh. I mean, that, 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 that's like um, Olympia Dukakis in Moonstruck. Mm, yes. That kind of woman. But, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. It's just so look, good. Just the look she had the whole time. So great. And when she went to Paris. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. That was great. So have you watched anything else new this past week? Let me think now. I watched Quantumania. The oh, the, the new, how was yeah. that? It was, you know, it, with the quantum universe thing, it's, the effects are a little bit too much for me. Okay. You know, it's very everything all over the place. But they had a few scenes where, like, you know, it's Ant-Man, of course, and his, yeah. father, his father's able to talk to the ants. Yes. You know, so they, they there's this one point, and I hope I'm not killing it for anybody, but the ants get together and they need to rise him up to a certain level to reach right. something. And like ants do, you know how ants yes. do that like rope string in the streams and so, they, they kind of did it like that where like all the little ant guys got together and he was on top. And okay, were, that was so cool. And like little ants are falling <laughs> off, you know. And so, so there were some scenes that were really, really a lot of fun. Okay, you know, but the whole quantum thing for me is a little too little, much. A little too much. Yeah. Okay, but I, anything Marvel for me is great. Right, cool. Yeah. I have no idea what the fuck you else. Yeah, he doesn't oh. watch any of the Marvel stuff. Oh. No idea. What did you watch new this week, Tomas? I was I oh uh, the great. I'm catching up. Oh, yes, I love the great. I just. Spoiler alert coming up. I just watched the episode where Nicholas Holt's character. Okay. Oh. I was totally shocked by that. I, I haven't kept up on the history, actual history of it. Yeah. So when he died, I was like, no, they're going to lose Nicholas Holt. Oh, I, no. don't, I can't imagine he's actually. That's as far as I've gotten so far. We haven't watched past oh, that so yet. Too. I watched it a, a while back. And, and I'm, I'm like, like oh. oh my God, they can't kill him off. He's so adorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's her perfect foil. Right? Yeah. You know? Come on. I love the way they're playing those characters. I love the camera. Yeah. It's gonna... daddy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think it's, it's The script is fun. great. Yep. The guy who um, plays the priest, oh, oh, they call him Archie. Archie. Ah, uh, uh, love oh, him. Fanny. The general, yes. Elementov. Yeah. Another yeah. great character. Oh, it's so I many good characters. It again. It's, it's very, very good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait to get past yeah. this to see what happens now. It's like, no, they killed him now. That's one of those, it's one of those series that, like, I watched the season after the, the death occurred. Okay. I watched the next episode, but I know I didn't give it my full attention, so I have to go back and Okay. It. It's one of those type series for me. Okay. A lot of series, I'm just like, fuck it, I'll pick it up. <laughs> yeah. But I want to see what they did. I want to see what she uh, said. Yeah. I, I got to go see... back and watch that. Yeah. Again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, good it, show. It, it, it really is a really good, good show. show. So is that all you watched this week? That's plenty. 
Well, we watched a couple of things this week. Of course you did. A couple of old things we watched. First, by accident, we were changing the channels, and it was five minutes into Casablanca. My, ah, my favorite oh, movie. Five oh, minutes in, you gotta time. just jump we'll in. We'll always have Paris. And that's exactly what we did. We jumped in, watched the whole thing one more all time. All the gin joints and all the time. And what's really funny is, I usually always tear up at the scene of the Marseillais. Mm-hmm. When they start playing that in the club and everyone's singing, usually yeah. I tear up at that. Exactly. Very powerful. This it's time, powerful. <laughs> this time watching it, I didn't tear up at that scene. I teared up at Humphrey Bogart's farewell speech Aww. to Ingrid Bergman before she gets on the plane. Well, you're supposed yeah. to. Tear and that te- that time I teared up on that because it's just oh my, he's just so good. But she good. had to go with Victor. Of course, yeah. yeah so. Yeah, <laughs> she could. She wouldn't have had any kind of life, right? With, with Rick, yeah, nothing permanent and stable, you know. Exactly. And that was like yeah, oh, just like I started movie. tearing up during that speech. But I just I can't say enough good things about that. Oh movie. yeah, I love that's it. That's why it's my favorite of all time. So we watched that. Then because last week on the podcast we. For our five faves, the category was our favorite murder mysteries. And one of the ones I had on my list was Dressed to Kill. Steven had never seen it. So we watched Dressed to Kill, 1980. Yeah. I was 18 when that movie came out. So we watched it. Yeah. Michael Caine. um, I forget the girl's name who was in it. Uh, Keith Gordon. (laughs) She was actually, the actress I know was actually dating Brian De Palma at the time. I can't think of her name. And she was also in Carrie, too. She was the badass with John Travolta. I can't oh, think of her name now for the life of me. Susie, I think it's the character. Susie name. Ryan. Yeah. But uh, we watched it again. Good movie. It's a great movie to okay. watch. Great. I love the cinematography in it, you know. Mm-hmm. The whole long sequence in the art museum with Angie Dickinson where she's following that guy and he's following her. Right, right, And where right. it ends up. But one thing got me about the movie, about showing its age, because the movie's kind of modeled on Psycho. So they have the concluding scene at the end where... That's the perfect place for a concluding scene. Right. Shut up. But, but <laughs> Where they're talking with the cops about him. Uh, and Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen. Thank you. She's playing the hooker, the prostitute. Yep. And she's in the police station and she asked the cop, well, what's wrong with him? And they have this psychiatrist there who was working with Michael Caine. And the psychic, psychiatrist says, well, he's transsexual. Uh-oh. Meaning, what was wrong with him? Oh, he's transsexual. And his two sides were fighting against each other. And it's like, no, what you showed in the movie is a guy with multiple personality yeah. disorder, and one half didn't know the other half because when Michael came and went to go see his other half psychiatrist. Completely mislabeled. Yeah. Oh my God. So I was like, yeah, that's how antiquated this movie yes, kind of is right, now. Right, right. It's like, no, transsexuals are not psychotic where they have different personalities. That's not what it is. That was 1980, 43 years ago, right? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That kicks so hard, man. (laughs) One of the kids in my acting class was born in the year 2000. I'm like, what? Oh, my God, (laughs) right? Jeez. (gasps) But then we did watch something new, a limited series called, with a Spanish series called Muted, or El Silencio. And it's on Netflix, and it's all about... This young guy who, at the age of 18, is locked away, I think it's in a hospital or prison hospital, for throwing his parents over the apartment balcony that they lived in. Okay. And he gets, after like six years, he gets released. But unbeknownst to him, this psychiatrist has gotten permission to basically follow him 24-7. 
So they have hidden cameras set up in his home. Oh they have access to all the public cameras. So they're able to follow him all the time. Because they, And they want to try to find out why he killed his parents. Because after they arrested him, he, he didn't speak at all. He, the whole time he was in prison and everything, he did not speak at all. That's why it's called muted. Right, right, right. Oh my so God. it's all about the psychiatrist following him. And it was really well done. Really good psychological thriller. The, these two guys in it were so hot. The guy playing the lead, his name was... I, I, had, to, I had to write it down. I'm just observing. That yes. You talked about a play earlier. A play? With two actors that you really enjoyed. And you couldn't name the actors. Okay. Here... Yes. You're talking about two hot guys. Yes. And you go right to the script. You got it printed out. You use. Yes. It was important enough to me to find out what their names were. Circle back around there. And the lead guy was a guy named Aron. I guess he's either Piper or Peeper. Uh, He plays the lead, and he's really hot. But the really hot guy is this guy named Manu or Manuel. Rios, and he plays sort of like the bad guy in the thing. I saw this picture of him. He appeared at the Met Gala. He has this like this diamond choker on. Fucking gorgeous, gorgeous. The choker or him? Okay, just he was gorgeous looking, and suppose he's a really hot big thing in Spain and Europe and everything. Now I see why. Oh my god. But the show is really good. Watch the show. Oh I definitely God. recommend it. I actually thought of two other shows I'm watching. One is called This Fool, and it's a series. And it takes down takes place in, like, East L.A., kind of Compton kind of thing. But it's a family, and it's just so funny. You know? Okay. It's just they just get into, like, these crazy situations. And, like I said, family-oriented. One of the family went to jail. He comes out, but he's, like, very funny, you know. So that one, This Fool, it's a series. I believe it's on Netflix. And the other one that's very interesting is something called Candy with Jessica Biel. And what they have right now on Hulu is they have two different versions of it. There's the Jessica Biel version called Candy, and there's another version called Love and Death with Elizabeth Olsen. Okay. So it's like that two... sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, so you have these two series about the same thing and like two different takes on it. Yeah. So it's actually pretty interesting. Sounds like the Wild Party debacle. That's the second time this, tonight I got to use the buckle. Oh, yeah, the right? That's a good one. Yeah, back in like 2000, where I, uh, the Wild Party. Two rival productions of the same source material by two current writers. Right. Yeah. Right. And then at the same time. Yep. Yeah. Both very different shows. Very different yeah. shows. Yeah. yeah. Well, we now move on to our next segment. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Yes, it's time for Stupid People. Oh, plenty of those. And this one, of course, it's a politician. He is South Carolina, remember that, South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster. And this past weekend, he appeared at a Republican state convention where he spoke. And he said, I look forward to the day that Democrats are so rare, we have to hunt them with dogs. Okay, that was pretty stupid. You're saying this in South Carolina with a predominantly black population where you have a history of using dogs White dog, to hunt right? down black runaway right. slaves and use them with the police. Right. Can you say that again? I just I, I look forward to the day the Democrats are so rare we have to hunt them with dogs. It doesn't get crazy. much more stupid than that. I, I, maybe it's intentional. Maybe he just doesn't give a 
fuck. Well, of course, he said later when he was questioned about it, he said, oh, I was just joking. Of, all right, no. you have to. Because Greatest excuse ever. Yeah. 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 But I was uh, like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Well, you know. Man. Yeah, we know the fuck's wrong with you. So, Governor McMaster. Stupid! Uh, You're so stupid! I maintain it may have been a willing choice. What's that? It may have been a willing choice. He may have been signaling that... His stance, his political stance in relation to... Uh, well, he was talking to his good old boys, the Republican State no. Convention, you know? God. What do you expect? That's what I'm saying. All right, go ahead. Come on, I'm getting All tired. Right, oh, you're getting tired. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I could go. We'll move on to our next segment. Julie Andrews, take us away. Green drops on roses, whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings, these are a few of my favorite things. It's not loud enough. I need the Green orchestra. <laughs> oh, you I'm have so to sorry. mix it. Better. Something has to... It, or it at least needs to be louder so I can hear the orchestra. Okay. I'll see what I can do. They are perfect. Go ahead. Anyway, it's time for five faves. And in honor of Danielle being here and the topic we were discussing earlier. Yeah. Tonight we've been na- asked to name our five favorite stoners, real or fictional. So in no particular order, who's number one who's number one on your list? It's gotta be Snoop Dogg. Yes, I have yeah, him on my yeah, list. Snoop. We've all got yeah. him. He he is it. He's yes, the he's yeah. There's no one cooler than Snoop. Okay, when I did it comes get a few girls in there, but I'll go with the guys right now. Um, Matthew McConaughey. All right, we'll just yes. go one at a time. We're gonna go one at a time. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. But we just did our round one, basically okay. all. Right, so, now you're two, now you're, so now you're at number two. Okay. And she says Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. And I agree. Yes. You go. You you agree with that on one my too? List. Honestly, on Stephen would hate you for that. He can't stand <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Oh my god, I love Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> he hates those commercials with him. Any of those commercials oh, that he's on, especially the car commercials. Yeah, kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, they are ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. but it's Matthew McConaughey. Yes. But yeah, he, he played a great stoner in Dazed and totally. Confused. Bongo's <laughs> naked? Hell yeah. But I did not have him on my list. Uh. But from the same, but from a movie that they were both in together, I chose the character Slater from Dazed and Confused. Nice. The long-haired one with the backwards cap. Yes, yes. Very played by cool. Rory Cochran. Oh, I love it. Yeah, great character. Remember when he talked about the Founding Fathers smoking weed? <laughs> Oh, classic. So, yeah, great character. So now we're on to... We, you've, your number, number two three. is Matthew McConaughey. Right, right. That so was now your, we're up to your number, number three. three. My now. number three is Woody Harrelson. Oh, my God, oh my you bitch. Gosh. Boom. That's my number three, too. Oh, is it, you liar? It totally <laughs> is. It's here that I got stuck. <laughs> and did you hear that Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey may be brothers? Yes, I did hear that. Yes. Yes, I did. Isn't that sounds suspicious crazy? to me. I love it. No, they... They're it's, looking yeah, into it, the actually. Yeah. But they may actually be brothers. Yeah. That'd be so hot. That can you be. imagine? Yeah, I can. can you imagine? <laughs> I absolutely could. Well, next on my list, and I, I have to put them on there, Cheech and Chong. Of course. Yeah. You know? And They're especially, list, but... and particularly Tommy Chong on mm-hmm. that 70s show. God. <laughs> so he was good, great right? on that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they're not the godfathers of... Right. Of stoner comedy, you oh know? Had to have them Up on the smoke. list. Oof. Right? Yeah. So that was our number three? Was that our number yeah, three? That was, that was, yeah, that number was three. number three. Yes. So now, what's your number four, Danielle? All right, I'm going to start with the girls, and it's hard because they're all so good. Um, I'll save the last one for a bonus, though. I'm going to go with Miley Cyrus. Really? Yes. She's a stoner. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Okay. 
Yeah, but had to get the girls in there. Okay. See, I tried all day. I struggled for a girl. I was looking for a girl. Snoop was Snoop was fucking right away, and Woody, and oh, right away. And now I was like, well, I want to throw a girl in there, and I I couldn't think of any that I knew for sure got high. Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. Martha yeah. Stewart. But I don't. Know <laughs> she's, not, yeah. she's not a list maker. Yeah, she's, she would. <laughs> she wouldn't make my list. You're right. I mean, she was hanging out with Snoop. <laughs> so cool, cool via Snoop. Right. I just I I don't have that inside information. Like I didn't know about Miley Cyrus. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised, but I I I wouldn't be surprised at anybody. I think everybody should get high all yeah, the time. Me too. Be stoners. Totally. So I needed a woman. I didn't need a woman. You didn't no, need, you a woman. need a woman. Just need a fourth one, right? I, I, I need a fourth one. Sean Penn in the movie with the pizza coming to class. Oh, Fast Spicoli. times at Ridgemont High. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Spicoli. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> great Spicoli. character. He was high. Good movie. My number four, Willie Nelson. There we go. <laughs> Willie had to be there. Again, Come on, he list, smoked but, weed in the yeah, White House. Yeah. Come on, you got to have him on the list. Yeah, he great, smoked great weed stoner. Like the, the lizard crew, too, in a movie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He just he's, makes these little cameos everywhere smoking weed. <laughs> it's great. See, he, was, he, he would be on my list, too. Like, there was a passing moment that I... I I considered uh, Willie Nelson to put on my list, but you didn't. I did. I I, I teeter tottered. I didn't because I can't really defend him, except for the fact that I like the fact that he gets high and guy high didn't give a fuck. I don't know anything. Yeah, and he has the twangy music that Dolly Parton has that I can't listen to. Yeah. So yeah, I can't listen to his voice. Actually. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a yeah. step too far. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, I don't know. What are we up to? What number? We're out now up to number five. Up to number five. Okay. I'm going to cheat, and I, it's like bonus for me um, in my research. Well, I, I have an honorable mention. Okay. One, oh, so. good, good, good. Okay. I'm going to throw this out there. Maya Angelou. Really? She I didn't know she was a stoner. She sit down and smoke a joint and calm her nerves. I love that. Really? Yep. Wow. Did she not made know a that. quote. She actually quoted that. Wow. Yep. Very nice. cool. Yep. Very nice. Did not know that. And my number five? Well, I'll give my honorable mention first. Okay. The character Floyd in True Romance, played by Brad Pitt. Oh, oh my God! He's this this stoner. You see him like two scenes, and he's on the couch the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally stoned That's out, great. and these killers come there looking for someone. He invites him. Come on in. Yeah, yeah. You know, you want to smoke, have a drink, whatever. I would think not a big stretch for Brad Pitt. No, no, he was a big stoner too <laughs> right. at the time. But yeah, he was my honorable mention. I had to throw him in there. That's good. But my fifth and final choice, the character is Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, of course. I had to have right, him in Kevin there. Right, with Kevin Smith. Yep, right? Whole crew, yes. And ironically, Kevin Smith has now stopped smoking pot. He has? He appeared to have some type of nervous breakdown. Oh, fuck. And he has now stopped wow. smoking he pot. Lost a lot. I know he had lost a lot of weight. He lost a lot of weight following the heart attack right, and everything. Right. But something happened. I was reading it in, of all places, People Magazine. Because right. I get a subscription here somehow. And he basically had some kind of breakdown. And after that, he, I guess, went into therapy whatever. But he has stopped smoking pot now. Oof. Yeah. I can't imagine it. <laughs> but I thank him for the characters of Jay and Silent Yeah, Bob. oh, they're wonderful. Great characters. A lot of fun. Who's your number five, Tommy? Uh, I was hoping you were going to forget. Uh, again, I wanted a woman. Who? Lady Gaga gets high? Yep. I love that about And Brianna. Her. Don't help him. Let him get his own. No, I love that. I no, love you can't Lady use Gaga. Lady Gaga now. That was, <laughs> I oh, would no. totally You come up with your own. No, you ain't getting Lady Gaga now. You got to insist on that. <laughs> All right, well, then I want it as a, my honorable mention. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I had one. I'm going to go with whatever pops into my head. So it's the stoner from The Breakfast Club. Uh, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, he Judd. was the one who his, his father gave him a pack of cigarettes. Judd Hirsch. Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. Nelson. Judd Hirsch. <laughs> Judd Hirsch in The Breakfast Club. <laughs> you and I. You and I. That's funny. That's oh, very God. funny. But we have talked about my confusion with the judges. The Judds. Judd I, oh, now I have to look up Judd Hirsch because I'm not like. Oh my God, that's great. Judd <laughs> Nelson, you meant. Judd yes, Nelson, I did. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not who I was thinking of. That's why I was able to remember. Oh, okay. If I can think about it, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. You saw who Judd Hirsch is? That would be good. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'd love to see a comedy oh, skit of that now. Tony Shalou was Tony. Oh, that's so <laughs> <scary>. <laughs> uh, Oh, my God. No, he'd be more of a Bernardo. He's more brooding. Yeah, right. We now move on to our final segment. Ah. Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. Yes, it's time for the grumpy old gaming gripe of the week. And Danielle, what's your gripe this week? Plastic. Plastic? I hate plastic. They have razors, five-hour energy, K-cuffs. I mean, it's everywhere. And it's already hurting the environment, and nobody's doing anything. Nope. It's, except for straws. Okay, they changed the straws. Yes, they did. You know, but it's it's just... Really and the straws suck. Yeah. <laughs> we should wipe out... Everything should be made of hemp. Because it can be that they but make stronger carbon. fiber. Exactly, you know. And so we're getting back to the whole stoner thing. Hemp instead of plastic. There we go. All right. That's it. Cool. Okay. Tomas, what is your gripe of the week? Well, I feel far less granola now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My gripe, however, like I said, far less granola is the overshare. The overshare? Yeah. Keep the information you're going to give me to the succinct points I don't want to hear color. I don't. I don't want. Just tell me what you want to tell me, and then let me go away. Yeah, you don't want to go on the flight and have them. I the really plane, don't. I don't you know? need the, oh, yeah. the. Yeah, just tell me what you want to tell. I don't need the overshadow. I don't need what color you. I don't mm-hmm. need. I. It. I don't care. You don't care about mine. I don't care about you. Let's just be honest. Shush already with your stuff. Awesome. I'm saying it's. Tell me a story. I want to hear the story, but I don't want to go on like twelve side trips. Right. You know what I mean? We'll go, we'll pick it up, we'll come back. That's you don't you don't like tangents? No, that's not what I said. You? I, said I don't like side trips. Uh, that's what a tangent is. You and you tomato. are the king of tangents. You say tomato. <laughs> Whatever. So, yeah, the overshare. I don't like the overshare. And it, uh, it's just, get to the point. You know what I'm saying? It's like, not rude, it's rude. I agree, though. I, it's just and it's just some people and it's just sometimes I suppose. But yeah, it's certain people and I, I yeah. Yeah, I I hate the overshare like. And then you lose while they're oversharing. You kind of lose what they're talking about for a while, and then you get it back as they're like talking right? on and on. You're like, wait, what were they talking about? Oh yeah, okay. I picture them on fire. Really? Yeah, <laughs> it's such an awkward social position too because you can't say anything. You know what I mean? And it's like. Just, just those rare occasions that just uh, I'm, I'm grumpy about them. I don't like them. Okay, you're all right then. All right, the overshare. Shush, just just shut the fuck up. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. My gripe: spring allergies. Oh. I am fucking sick to death of blowing my nose 
and spitting up phlegm for two hours after I get up in the morning. Yes, you me are too. sick of it. I that is so charming thing. and hot. <laughs> <laughs> that imagery. But I'm sorry, it's that's what it is, you know. And I use a nasal, a medicated nasal spray in the morning. Doesn't help with these fucking allergies. It's ridiculous. It is bad. And it's not as bad as I've ever seen it. The worst I've ever seen was uh, in Myrtle Beach, where the, the pollen was thick on the cars. That all oh, God, it yeah. changed the color of the cars. Right? It was And you're thick. breathing that shit in. Yeah. Oh, oh it was brutal. Yeah. It was it was and this is bad. This I think for me, as I'm getting older, the allergies are getting worse. Yeah. I don't know. If I know, right? It's, or And it seems to me that it's scooping up a lot more people than it did back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole bunch of people more allergic to these seasonal things. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Humans, but this has been really, breathe. this season has been really shit. bad so far. I'll it's tell been bad. You. No, it's been bad. Oh, my God. I'm sick I, too, have a, you know. The nasal thing. My, yeah. I, my whole sinus situation from forever has been... But see, I, I, I've had bad sinuses too, but this is really out of hand. Can't sleep. The worst is if I have a sneezing fit, because I can go on for like 15, 20 minutes. That's this bad. doesn't yeah. stop. Oh, my God. I'm, but I get the runny nose for like an hour in the morning. It's like, Puffy oh, my I'll get yeah. down when I'm out walking the dog. All of a sudden, like, yeah. there's all over yeah. my yeah. face. Yeah. There's a picture of... Us at Sonny's Christmas party, ugly sweater Christmas party. Okay. Okay. And I had an allergic reaction to the dog. Oh, no. Could that, it was that point that I realized that it's not cats as much as it is fur. Yeah, dogs with fur. Dogs with fur. So okay. I had this terror. But yeah, the big puffy, believe I, my friend Allison could take, they see me. Big, red, irritated, wet wow. eyes. Yeah, I looked a, a sight. All in pink. Oh, that must feel so miserable. It's, no, it's, it's awful. Yeah, it is. And that's that's a cat reaction for me, but not, not necessarily the uh, environment. No, that's true. But the pollen is brutal. It is. It's like I said, the worst I've seen in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we have now come to the conclusion of this week's episode. We want to thank our good buddy, Danielle LePay, for coming here tonight and educating us about the Long Island cannabis community. It was my pleasure. <laughs> it was great having you on here. That's oh, wonderful. Lady La Page. Right. <laughs> Congratulations right. on the forthcoming uh, family member. Yes. That's very exciting. My very exciting yes. granddaughter on the way. Definitely. Yeah. That's oh, excellent yeah. news. And we want to thank my husband and producer, Stephen Prendergast, for all that he does. He's wonderful. Yes. And don't forget that you can go see Tommy's show that he directed. What's the name of it again, Tommy? Caught in the Net. Caught in the the Net net. at the Manor Studio Theater on Wellwood Avenue in Lindenhurst. Lindenhurst. Running through next weekend. Next weekend, weekend, uh, Sunday, June 4th. Yes. Exactly. Lovely. Come see. It's funny. Yep. Actually, we'll be seeing it next weekend because this weekend we're going to go see our friend Bryce Avery Dallas Howard Powell in a production of the complete works of William Shakespeare Bridge. Now here's funny. At the South Shore Theater Experience. Which oh, is next wow. door to, to next door to Studio, Studio Theater. Theater. Right. And it was we opened the same night. Yes. And I I was 
I had been there for a while, so I stepped outside and I remembered, oh my God. So I went down as I was vaping and I stuck my head in. I said, break legs. And oh, you too, break legs. And, and then she posted something about it. And I said, so how did it go? You know, just following up on it. It was really cute with her and I. But we, we got to a point where it was, how was it? And it was like, there was just a lot of freaking laughter on Wellwood Avenue <laughs> last Friday night. These two amazing comedies open yeah that is i love that i'm doing it again i'm doing it now but i love that show. yeah i yeah. it's so fucking funny and don't forget you can find all of our episodes plus our bonus material at www.grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com and you can follow us on twitter and on facebook hell yeah hell yeah put twitter Put Twitter. <laughs> so that's about it. Anything else you'd like to add, Tommy? I can't believe you continually ask me that question. I'm being polite. No, there's nothing I'd like to add. Well, then in that case, I'm going to say have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>